Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. Uh, I am Steve. I'm joined, as always, by Jeff. Jeff, how's it going? It's going well. Coming to you from the land of the fallen angels in the hellscape mountains underground by way of the underground river through Greenland and to an undisclosed location is the Malachi of Evil Dose. What up? Very good. That was very deep, my friend. Um, uh, welcome. This is a it's this is uh, absolutely, and I'm sure that they can find you on MapQuest too. Um, this is uh, episode five of the Hammerlock Hangover. Thank you for listening. You can join, uh, listen to our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. Uh, joining us for this special edition of uh, uh, our podcast is uh, uh, a very uh, famous podcaster him himself. Oh. He is uh, one of the originators of the Forum of Wrestling Talk. Um, it is Kevin Castle from the, uh, originally from the uh, Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. Kev, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, Jeff? Good to be here with you guys. Thanks for that. That's a nice introduction. Very nice. Thank you. I uh, know. I mean, it's, it's I told a lot of people, uh, friends of mine that, um, you know, are in, into wrestling and they're like, oh, snap, you, you landed Kevin Castle. Like, I, I felt like I got a big fish. Like, well, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, sure the, hottest, the boat is I'm big enough. The hottest free agent in podcasting right now. Some would say by not by my own doing, and some would say a long time uh, coming. So, I mean, yeah, no, I'm glad to be here, man. I always enjoy uh, jumping on podcasts, whether they're you know established or uh, up and coming or brand new, um, down to uh, to uh, you know collaborate with uh, with anybody who'd have me. So, I'm glad to be here. Very well, good. We, we welcome your wisdom and your expertise in these areas. We are three OGs. We are we are two of us are definitely outside of the desired demos, and Stephen mm -hmm. can see that that uh, light at the end of that tunnel as well. So we are four four. What is it? Uh, quattrogenarians or above? Listen, you can speak for yourself, Jeff. I'm uh I'm definitely <laughs> like uh, still on the AEW demo. Uh, oh, okay. Well, while yeah. you, my friend, are uh, still in the, uh, in the in the uh, late NXT demo. Well, uh, me and Jeff, I think we're the same exact age, Jeff. Me and you. You're a June. I'm a November. So you are much much older than me. Oh, I'm yeah, <laughs> the several the several months older. Mm -hmm. but, like almost uh, like like a six and a half months. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I'm I'm uh, 52, but I feel every bit 51. Yeah, I'm 50. No, nobody except for my body. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's really counting, but um, we're here today to talk about um, the pretty much, uh, I guess, the the biggest uh, wrestling news that uh, hit over the weekend, and that's uh, Zelina Vega being uh, let go by WWE over this um, Twitch third rights, third party uh, stuff. Um, Jeff, as we've uh, discussed in our previous episodes, you, my friend, uh, I like booking you as the legal scholar of the group. Um, and you have a lot of insights into all of this, but um, quickly, you know, um, just to kind of recap everybody. I mean, uh, you know, on Friday, this past Friday, Zelina was let go by WWE because uh, she didn't want to hand over the rights to her uh, Twitch and her uh, OnlyFans, I guess. Yeah. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I, I'm out of line, guys. And. Right. Um, it's pretty close. She didn't want to hand over the Twitch, and then she opened an OnlyFans account, so, sort of adding fuel to an already 
fire, which uh, apparently was one of a few fires that were going on backstage with her and, and the company. Yeah, and about a month ago, or a little bit over a month ago, I mean, I guess the edict came down from from the higher ups. Maybe Vince, maybe Vince doesn't touch this. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody talking, the lawyers talking to Vince, saying this can't, uh, you know, continue. But uh, one way or another, the decision is made that um, you know nobody can stream unless they get a uh, full authorization and, and prior approval from WWE. That's why Xavier Woods and Up Up Down Down is cleared to proceed. But uh, everybody else seemingly uh, is shut down for the moment. Right. Um, Jeff, bring us quickly up to speed with uh, the whole page, um, Andrew Yang thing, and then I'd like to get your opinion, Kevin, on um, you know this whole situation. Do you think it's it's sure. it's kosher, unfair, Ron? Uh, I'm gonna try to back up just a bit and just let the listeners know this is going to be, I mean, we've only had four episodes, but this is going to be sort of a special episode. We may have another episode later this week to do our normal reviews. This episode is going to focus maybe exclusively on this issue and the surrounding issues. Maybe not. We'll see how the discussion goes. And if so, we'll, we'll wrap some other things into it, but obviously we still have NXT and AEW tomorrow and some other things. So I think our normal, we'll probably do another normal show, but maybe it'll be shorter. Who knows? Anyway, so, you know, the, the independent contractor status issue has been sort of, you know, long known by wrestling fans for a long time. And the amount of control exercised is really unique to WWE over the other uh, North American and certainly American-based wrestling companies. I can't speak on New Japan's issues. I really can't speak on AAA or, or anything like that. But I want to give a little analogy first because I think it makes it a little bit simpler. It, it, it will remove the wrestling fan, the wrestling fandom from this analysis because I think everybody you know saw someone they liked that was doing well on TV, crying and emotional, and, and you had a very normal human reaction of sympathy. And this was buttressed by the same thing you probably felt three weeks ago about Paige, even if you didn't love Paige or you remembered sort of her hijinks and some of her bad decisions, but you know, you knew that she had suffered injuries in the ring and you know was born into this business and all that other good stuff. But you saw her crying, you know, a few weeks ago and there was the because you know she had a hand a hand over a Twitch account. She changed it from Page WWE to Soraya. They said no, no, no. It's it, it's too late. And she sort of tweeted something like "F this company." And Andrew Yang all of a sudden appeared uh, and said, "Hey, you know, Page, I'm with you. Um, don't worry. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon. I have a feeling I know who the new president's going to be." And I might be the, the secretary of labor, but even if I'm not, I'll have their telephone number. And then a few other times he sort of said, I haven't forgotten about you. And it made it onto the John Oliver show. And, and, and then it was sort of repeated again, periodically in drips and drabs. And then during this, uh, this Selena Vega issue, who now is Trina, uh, Trea, no, Thea Trinidad, I guess that's her real name or that was her prior stage name. Right. Yes. Um, she tweeted something, and Gabrielle Carteris, Adrian Zuckerman from 90210, which is really the most fabulous part of this whole thing, apparently is the president <laughs> of SAG Astra. SAG stands for the Screen Actors Guild. Um, and she said, 
uh, I'm here to support you. Reach out to me. Um, we're, we're always interested, which, by the way, isn't true because I know other people and myself who have reached out to SAG Astra. And I, I am a lawyer and I have in some small ways represented some independent wrestlers. So I wasn't exactly lying when I did this, but there was no way that they would know it, even if I was. But I said, I represent a few independent wrestlers who are on the cusp of being signed by national promotions and they'll be on TV. And they are interested in, uh, in joining SAG Astra. And I was put on hold and went to you know a couple different heads. Yes, Jeff, you 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 are you sure that you were representing uh, uh, talent here and not yourself? Because I know you were on uh, on a YouTube uh, uh, show. Are you weren't you sure you weren't trying to get into SAG by yourself? Mind your own business. Um, <laughs> so anyway, listen, don't. I'm 52. Don't make me lose my train of thought. Uh, I can barely <laughs> read my own handwriting notes. That so, anyway. Um, <laughs> Anyway, their answer was basically, yeah, have your, have your people reach out to us. We we're happy to talk to them. So it's not like they were going to go rushing in and doing any rescue. It, it was that you the, the talent had to affirmatively reach out to them. And then what would happen is they would have to work for a company who accepted union contracts. All of their talent uses SAG contracts. Now, the terms might be the diff, different. You know, if you're Robert Downey Jr., you're getting $20 million. If you're Jeff Lippman, an extra for one week, you're getting $600 or whatever the case may be. But the rest of the contract is, is largely the same. The numbers are different. So anyway, here's my analogy, and then I'm going to give up the mic for a while. Um, so let's take an example of Charlie Cox. Who's Charlie Cox? He's an actor that had pretty limited success. You may have recognized him from Boardwalk Empire, where he was on for two or three seasons, lost his head, and it was shipped in a box to the main character's wife, who he was having a dalliance with. Maybe you had seen him before, probably That's right. not. He was that guy. He was the Irish guy. He was, he was the bag man, the driver Look for that. Nook. Yeah, I totally um, forgot about that. So he also landed the role of Daredevil on Netflix's Daredevil series. Well, Daredevil, like wrestling, has a very dedicated you know, comic book fan base. So right. all, all of a sudden, Charlie Cox became famous. Everyone, at least in this area of fandom, knew who Charlie Cox was. Before, the only person I knew him by name was my father. He said, hey, Charlie Cox is in them. Like, who the hell's Charlie Cox? <laughs> you know, Nookie's bag man. Like, the guy who got beheaded? Nope, oh, that's him. Okay, so anyway, so actors are generally independent contractors. Um, so that's the same reason you can see, uh, you know, Tom Selleck on Blue Bloods, but he can also do commercials for reverse mortgages, and you can see him in three indie movies during the course of the year. And he can also work for different film companies, right? Sure. Usually. I mean, but there can be limitations in independent contract agreements. For instance, I, I am of the belief that Robert Downey Jr., Christopher Helmsley, and Chris Evans signed contracts saying they couldn't be in other superhero franchises. Of course. You know? But the same thing didn't apply to Lawrence Fishburne, who was in both Marvel and DC movies with, with limited roles. Um, so anyway... So let's just say Charlie Cox, he starts a channel and he monetizes it called Chats with Daredevil, Chats with the Man with No Fear. And he gets ads and he gets Patreons and he gets Super Chats and all the other stuff that goes with it. He didn't get the consent of Marvel in advance. Okay. Marvel learns. They give him notice to shut it down or cut us in. And he says, no, I'll just call it the Charlie Cox show. And Marvel goes, no, no, no. 
Nobody knew who Charlie Cox was until we gave you this platform. They know you because you're Daredevil. They didn't know who Charlie Cox was three years ago. So you could have had a Charlie Cox show and you would have had 150 followers or whatever it is, not 150,000. You were a vaguely familiar face that people might have recognized. So Marvel, we gave you this platform of fame of which you are um, leveraging to your advantage. And, and we, our contract provides that we get we have an interest in that. Nobody would blame Marvel if that happened. You know, wrestling groups would be busy recasting the Daredevil role. We'd be doing fantasy booking. This is exactly what happened here. So let's take out the crying, beautiful woman who was beautiful six years ago when she was an impact and was possibly a vaguely familiar face, and nobody knew her because she you're talking about, you're talking about Tia. Th Thea yeah, Trinidad. I'm talking about Selena Vega, Thea Trinidad. That's she right. was just as beautiful, maybe more beautiful six years ago when she was younger. Who knows? But she would have had fans. She would have had, like, you know, maybe Danhausen fans or, uh, you know, Maria Manic fans or, you know, you know Red Velvet, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm doing a little deep cut here. But it wouldn't have been anywhere near. It would have been a hundredfold less. It really isn't more complicated than that. And this does not violate an independent contractor status. Now, I want to go on record before I turn the mic over. I think the independent contractor status for WWE talent is absurd. They exercise control in every part of these people's lives. That needs to be challenged. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, I'm sure. Uh, I also don't think that unions or guilds are the answer. What's the difference? A guild is for independent contractors. A union is for employees. For the, for the purpose of simplicity, I think we're just going to use the word union here and just understand that it, it means that it there might be other subtle differences like the difference between a state and a commonwealth, but it, it doesn't really matter. But the bottom line is a line in the sand was drawn. He gave 30 days written notice. And if you look at the timeline, it's actually been closer to 80 or 90 days. She crossed it. She knowingly crossed it, and she stepped on a landmine. So with that... I'm going to turn it over to the people who forgot they were co-hosts here. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Jeff. But uh, I, thanks for bringing us up to speed on this. Um, right. Kev, we, we bring you on because, you know, you've got a lot of experience, a lot of experience watching wrestling, being in the, uh, in the, in the, I can say that you're in the industry. I can say that you're knowledgeable. Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this, man? I, you know, at first I had uh, not that much sympathy for her, but to be honest with you, I mean, and Jeff knows this in my regular life job, my, my main career podcasting has always been kind of a side career to me, even though it's now become almost full time. I was in the club business and uh, in the nightclub business, you're absolutely an independent contractor to a degree, unless uh, you're handpicked. Uh, to be one of those special ones that the ownership takes care of. Uh, and during COVID, uh, we found out that uh, we're all just hired guns, basically. And uh, thank God they don't, you know, we, they call it a family. It very reminds me of WWE. You know, it's like, you know, when things are going good, we're a family. And then when they need us and then when the chips are down or things are going out of business, it's, uh, you know, the, the sympathy uh, ownership doesn't, you know, just sees it as every man for himself. And we just had one of our clubs close the other day. I'm actually going to open up a big hornet's nest tomorrow because uh, while I'm on the show now and I was kind of preparing for what I'm going to do tomorrow because I'm taking one owner to task about a GoFundMe thing that none of the money went to the staff. Zero. Didn't go to anybody. I called all the staff and one. I'm not going to name the venue, but it's a major venue here in New York. And I worked there for eight years. 
and none of the staff got any of the proceeds of uh, uh, what do you call uh, donations that were made that were supposed to go half to the staff, half for expenses for the club. Club's out of business now. So uh, I'm going to challenge to where is all that money? And I got everybody on my side and I have majority on my side. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be pulling some, uh, you're going to be seeing some interesting things. If you're on my uh, Facebook tomorrow, you're going to see some fireworks, but um, it's not really anything to do with wrestling, but how to segues a little bit is again, I, I kind of understand uh, now Zelina Vega makes a lot of money much different from us. We're not working. We don't make anything. There's no showbiz. There's no money. Um, you know, since the show's closed down, there's been nothing. I, I had 42 shows collapse. I got nothing from I got no restitution for any of them. I had to cancel 42 dates. Uh, probably would have made in the excess of 20 grand between all that gone. Nothing. Don't get a dime. Zero. Selena Vega is protected in the sense that she's a contracted person was making around. I don't have this 100% accurately around 200,000 a year. Very good for a mid card manager. When you think about it, not really in the ring that much. She was only in the ring sporadically in her last couple of appearances. She was a mouthpiece, talk outside the ring, look pretty, walk up and down in very high uh, heels, and uh, you know uh, have have some fun and and not travel since March. It's been very limited appearances. She hasn't taken a pay cut. Uh, so again, uh, you know, I, I, I feel bad that she can't make money outside the box, so to speak, because she's has to adhere to, as Jeff said, ridiculous kind of rules of this independent contractor, but she's making a comfortable salary. I think there's a sympathetic factor that kicks in for someone who is making, you know, if we found out Selena Vega was making $50 an appearance, we'd be like, what? Like, what, what are you kidding me? But she's making a very good living. Uh, and, and I don't know what she, you know, when she left, how much she made, or they cut her a last check, or she's still getting, going to get royalties from merch. I don't believe she's a big merch seller. Um, and again, yeah, she's not. Yeah, what Jeff said is true. Are you going to go against the grain? Are you going to push the company? If, if you don't have it like that, like even tomorrow, like even with me, I have a voice that I can be the lead guy and do this charge for these guys. The staff was, I, I can't, I'm just a sound man. I'm, you do it. If I do it, nothing's going to happen to me. I'll still get hired. Even if I challenge uh, an owner and stuff and people remember I did that, if anything, other owners will be like, I like this guy's balls. Like I, I like his moxie. They're not going to be like, oh, he's a rebel rouser. I'm not going to deal with this guy. I've been around too long, 28 years, and people know how I am and stuff. And I think it's kind of despicable what took place in the situation I just named of people who need these funds and ownership felt like, oh, I don't have to give anybody anything. They're not on the contract with me. But yeah, but people gave you the money under the uh, pretense that people were going to get that in the staff and it was going to be divvied out amongst people. And I just, I, I can't let that, that, that rest. And I'm not going to, but I said, again, that it's not about that, but the point being is the whole independent contract thing. So again, I kind of, I had a sympathy factor from one hand, but I said, but she's well taken care of on the other. Uh, the people I'm dealing with now, my business are uh, out on their ass. I mean, some mm -hmm. got unemployment insurance, some didn't get anything. Um, so, uh, again, um, I think it depends on your, your situation and listen, there's also something to be said for capitalism, get all that you can, uh, Zelina should get all that she's entitled to. So what? She makes 200 grand a year, but uh, she can make 300 if she want to half a million. What, what's the, why are we putting a limit on our ceiling on our financially? 
not. But a lot of people can argue that and say, uh, let her get all that she can out of this greedy company. And there's people who hate the WWE. You guys know that. And they want to see. They want to believe. Like, you guys, you're a New Yorker, right, Steve? And Jeff, yep. you're an old school New Yorker. George Steinbrenner, you wanted to believe back in the day, everything he did was against his players. He's evil. We hate you. And then there was a beloved kind of thing going on because they became a winning team. But but again, you want to believe the evil empire, the Yankee or the ownership, these greedy people who treat mistreat. And then you'll hear stories, nah, but he's not a bad guy. Like Vince. I think Vince picks and chooses. There's people who love Vince and owe Vince their life livelihood and then there's people yep. like Bret Hart who will never let you forget how much he hates Vince you know or yep. ult, ult, you know they made peace with certain people Ultimate Warrior Bruno all those guys over the years but really on the side I think those guys will always ha held that grudge even to their graves of uh, how they felt mistreated and yeah we squashed it but never really 100% cool because I always felt mistreated and I think when and I I feel the same way i think when someone mistreats you and J jeff can probably get a chuckle out of what i'm referring to here when someone mistreats you uh, and they kind of you know that's the the, the relationship it's very one-sided i don't think anything's ever fully settled and i think then people get in your ear and tell you you know you should do this you should do that you know you're not getting what you deserve you're letting this guy get away with it or this girl get away with it and i think that that people want to get their just desserts i think you should always want to get your just desserts because they're deserved not because you want ven vengeance on somebody or the company i think i'm not sure if zelina is maybe even alistair black now, that's in a tricky situation her husband is working there I don't think he's long for the company. I'm going to make a prediction that Alistair Black is going to be out of the company before Royal Rumble. I don't think he's long for this company, guys. I think he's going to leave. You remember years ago when Jerry Lawler's uh, wife got fired? Remember the cat? Uh, he quit, and he was a main uh, announcer, and he 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 was gone within a week. Um, yep. I don't the same thing with Bob Holly when he was with that girl BB. She got canned, and then he left, but he came back. Uh, yeah. It's very tricky for Selena. She's married to Alistair, and Alistair feels very slighted lately. He hates his position on the card. He wanted back. I don't know if you guys know, he has to go back to NXT and even offer to take a pay cut. I don't know if you guys knew that either. You oh, often no, didn't hear that. Oh, right. you, guys, you often take a pay decrease, and uh, they said no. So I think he's going to probably quit. And you'll see them on the circuit. Now, the funny thing is they could probably come back if someone could work it out. But if she goes, you know, and starts being a rebel rouser and you know how Vince is and, and how the company is uh, and starts making waves and Andrew Yang and, and Gabrielle Cateris and Vince's phone. So Vince, Vince is going to be like, you know what? I was going to bring it back. Now, fuck her. I'm not bringing it back. Forget it. You know, maybe maybe five years from now, Shane can make a call and bring her back. But now, now I don't like this, you know, because, again, she was a minimal talent. She was paid very well. Her husband's paid very well. And they, they get that kind of thing. Like, you're, she acts like she's eating cat food here. I mean, give me a break. It's a Twitch thing. It's a uh, an extra additive of stuff that you can make for your salary. But I also believe that if you're not under – the rules are, are definitely ridiculous. I, I agree with Jeff. It's it's a very lopsided situation as an independent contract. This has been going on for years. Jesse Ventura first touched upon this situation uh, back in the day. Then CM Punk raised it. Uh, and those guys have power. So if they couldn't really get anything done, what's really Zelina Vega going to do? And I think Gabrielle Cataris is just, it's Twitter. People hit you back and they say things. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I don't think it means anything. And Jeff, not just because I thought she was a, a very minute character on 90210. <laughs> I told Jeff, the least interesting character on 90210. Jeff, Jeff, did you compare it to the Beatles? I think you said. I said, yeah, the, the, the worst Beatle was still a Beatle. Yeah, like exactly. Legends one with Legends all, even Claire and Matt. She might be Albert Goldman, uh, you know, for for uh, uh, you know all intents and purposes. But 
Um, again, I, I, mean, I she was I, not like someone from Saved by the Bell, the college years. No, no, I, I, Saved by the Bell proper. Not at all. But I, I sympathize with it to a degree. But I also, again, like even people I'm fighting for. Uh, my club scene have nothing. They have nothing at all. They left that club with nothing. Y years working there, they didn't even leave with a, a with a piece of merchandise from the place. And, and they helped, uh, you know, build its foundation. Here's someone who's leaving with a couple hundred grand, a valuable name that you can go autograph signings. I'm not sure what she can make in appearance, grand in appearance, but it's still she's leaving with some name value and monetary gain. So. Uh, you know, I, again, I kind of weigh the checks and balances of it. I just don't think that she's a strong enough name where she can throw around Andrew Yang and stuff. There's bigger fish to fry in this country. And Jeff, you know this too, with all that's going on now, I think WWE, maybe down the road, maybe two years into uh, Biden's presidency, Kamala Harris goes, oh, let's take a look at WWE in 2023. But right immediately, WWE is not on their radar and not on Andrew Yang's radar. I think it's I just uh, some, you know, kind of little back and forth to just kind of put it in the ear of people. But I think Way too much fish to fry, and WWE is down the ladder. I completely agree with that uh, assessment, and, and you've made a lot of good points, Kev. And you know, it's funny you started out by saying um, something very similar that what I've heard Bully Ray say is WWE is very much like the mob, right? Like, yeah, if you get into the bad graces of somebody, you, they're they're going to take you out, and and so. To me, it seems like obviously Vince wanted to, Zelina, I guess, drew the line in the sand and met Vince. From what I hear, what I read, and you can only you know take it with a grain of salt, but it sounds like she met with Vince on Friday and made a plea and Vince was like, get the hell out of here and made an example of her yeah. to everybody Beyond else. That, I don't mean to speak, I don't mean to interrupt, but- there was a meeting with all of the all of the talent was invited to a meeting and several of the big names went, including AJ Styles and some others whose names escape me now. But she was there, too. And there was a meeting and they they made their group protestations and they were denied. And this was so I mean, you know, so the, the gauntlet had been dropped, the, the the bluff had been made, and she called it. So anyway, I'm sorry, go go back. I just want to clear that part up. It wasn't she, just her. Maybe she was making one more individual plea, but there, right. there was a group meeting. There were no I, secrets. I think there was this last-minute last plea, and I what it, it seems like to me from seeing her on Twitch on Friday night, and I'll get into the specifics of that because I'm I'm – Again, like you guys, I'm not of the the new generation that is on Twitch or Discord or all this other stuff. So I tuned into her, um, and it's just like kind of her thumbing through her phone for the first like 30 minutes, and it's not really like a dialogue. We're having a dialogue. We're having a conversation, right, gentlemen? Yeah. She's just thumbing through her phone, like, and occasionally making reference to a comment that pops up. But to talk to her, even to like for you to get into the chat, you have to pay five dollars. Nope. And and so from what I hear is Zelina made a lot more, you know, than her downside guarantee, and that's why she refused to get, get give up the money. Mm. Now, for her to you know like like Custard's last stand, you know, very short sighted, right? Like Zelina was one of these talents that was a, above and beyond a star in the COVID era, right? She'd get on the mic. She'd get on the in in the announce booth, right. and she'd light it up. She was very entertaining, 
you know, in the ring, is she a wrestler? Is she that entertaining? No. Can she sell? Yes. Um, but she's not going to be, you know, what I saw her as was the next sensational Sherry, right? Iconic as a manager. Every once in a while, she'd get in the ring, but that's pretty much it. Her brand, her stock could have risen through the years had she just kind of sat there. So yeah, maybe she's making 200 grand now and that's peanuts to, uh, compared to everybody else's contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't compared mean to compare to- apples to apples and couples to couples, but her situation was very similar to Lana's. And Russo's situation, even though he had more success on the main roster than Black, is very similar to Black. And we know where Rusev is now, and I'm sure he's and he's making his buck, but I'm not sure he's really doing great. But uh, you so know, what but, you're, so what you're saying is Alistair Black is going to be uh, thrown into a bunch of tables for 20 weeks in a row by Nia Jax. I don't. I think that Alistair Black may not be on TV at all, or if he. I don't know. I, you know, Vince is diabolical, and he can play this a bunch of ways. But I don't want – we can speculate on that another time. I don't want this to be about Aleister Black. I want to stick to the issues. But, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings about unions. And people think that union – and I think it's because, you know, you hear – even in wrestling, Madison Square Garden's expensive because it's a union shop. You hear about union shops, and, and my company is union. Right. That's not really what it is. Union is for an industry. Now, in negotiations and often in political negotiations, certain businesses to get certain benefits or tax benefits or to be given zoning variances or whatever, they agree to be union shops and only hire union contractors. So Madison Square Garden itself, whatever the real company is named, they probably have to got a you know a manager, a facilities manager, their advertising people, you know, whatever it is, their contracts managers. I don't think any of those folks are in a union, but they hire the union food vendors. They hire union security. They hire, uh, you know, union truckers and, and, and whatnot. And, and that's the deal. That's what a union shop means. WWE wouldn't be a union shop. Wrestlers would be in a union. And again, remember, I'm, I'm using union and guild the same. I know the right. difference. Um, but if let's just say there was unionization in wrestling. And right now we're going to leave it to just WWE because we're going to explore the industry on a whole in a little bit. So say that wrestler is a union wrestler and they get released by WWE or their contract expires and they want to explore greener pastures. They either must at that point drop the union, which isn't always as easy as you may want. That's um, correct. Or for a bunch of reasons. Maybe you get your health insurance through the union. Because usually when you get benefits through a union, it's not necessarily through the employer. I mean, the most well-known or the most commonplace union that, that, that folks would be acquainted with is government workers. Well, that, that's a whole different thing. The government's a whole different thing. And yes, so the government pays your benefits. But most times, like in SAG, and I had a little Twitter exchange with, with Frankie Kazarian. I don't want to say exchange. It was a conversation. It was, it was perfectly pleasant. He posted that he's been a proud SAG Astra member for, I don't know, since 2005 or something. It doesn't matter. And I asked him, oh, is that because you were, uh, you appeared on wrestling television or other gigs? And he responded. I mean, he didn't have to, but he did. He goes, he goes, he goes no, 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 not from wrestling, but wrestling allowed me that, that platform to get acting gigs. And I've kept it yep. ever since. And I'm like, oh, so you get your benefits through that? Yes. Well, he pays them, but he pays them at a group rate. You know, so so the union provides benefits available at a group rate, which is which is the big deal. 
um, you know, or some of it gets covered with your dues, and then you pay a copay, whatever it is. But there's no shop that that where you know Madison Square Garden doesn't have a Madison Square Garden union. They hire union people. So the wrestler, let's let's just pick anyone that's has some success, but but not a huge amount of success in WWE. So insert whoever you want here in your own head. In my head, the first guy pops up was Apollo Cruz, doing okay, had a couple championship runs. What, whatever. So we're just going to use Apollo Crews. He leaves WWE. He's got to either choose to leave the union and lose his benefits because you don't get to keep that stuff. It's not like Cobra. It's not an employment. And Cobra's only good for 90 days and you pay your full freight. So Cobra's not exactly a gift either. It's just It just allows you to pay 100% of the, the group rate, which is lower than the market. Um, thanks, ACA. Um, but... but uh, so he's either stuck there or AEW or Ring of Honor or New Japan or whoever has to use his SAG contract and give him the same SAG rates, which may or may not be acceptable because that may be more than what Ring of Honor's world champion Roosh is making or maybe more than what their 10-year veterans, the Briscoes, are making. And maybe they're not happy with that. Maybe they pass an hour on uh, Apollo Crews. So he is not employable. He's got to drop the union and then... Maybe he makes you know the same money at AEW, but then he's on his own. He's got to he's got to go to the health exchange, uh, or maybe you know maybe he's got a significant other that has insurance uh, through their employer, and they've got to pay that. But whatever it is, he was in the same boat as before, probably making less. Who knows? But it's it's not it's not a panacea. So I just want to mm-hmm. do that because when you're in a union, you must go to some place that accepts the union contract or you can't work there, or you leave the union. Those those are your choices, and it's not just leaving the union. It's, it's leaving everything that comes with it, which, by the way, may be your ability to fund a retirement plan. Now, you don't lose your retirement plan. You, you may lose some of it if there's a vesting schedule, but you don't lose your retirement plan, but you no longer have anyone doing a copay to it. No one's contributing to it, so it's just sitting there. It's it's just sitting there with, at the mercy of the market, or you roll it over into something else. This is not a financial show either, but we have to <laughs> talk about some of these things because I think people don't put don't realize these people are real people with real lives, and they're going to have to retire. Uh, and well, a lot of them are fifty or doing GoFundMe's for routine surgeries. Well, that's a good point, Jeff, and that that that's where I was trying to get with this Selena Vega thing is like right now, yeah, short term, she might be making more money through that um, Twitch and the OnlyFans, but let's be real, like if if we were to compare her in the '90s in the Attitude Era, right? Who was the hottest uh, female star? It was Sunny, right? If Sunny was around today in the body that she had back in the '90s. She'd have a Twitch, an OnlyFans, all this other stuff, and she'd be ma- making money hand over fist. But now, 20 years later, you think uh, Tammy Sitch has a retirement plan because of that? No. no so Zelina, <laughs> yeah, we know she doesn't because uh, we've seen her uh, in, uh, what's that movie, Sunnyside Up? So we know what her retirement plan is. I think the state of Pennsylvania is covering her expenses right now and costs her. <laughs> yes. oh, that's right. Yeah. But yeah. but that's my my point is like long term, like nobody's gonna be uh, paying her five dollars a month or whatever the the going rate is for a Twitch or whatever when she's forty or forty five, and she's not maybe not even when she's thirty five. Like, where, where's where's the 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 long term thinking? 
you know, to Jeff's point, it's about building a brand, right? You think about what The Rock did, right? Yeah. He makes himself into, turns The Rock into Dwayne Johnson. And now he's a, he's a movie star. You know, Kazarian does most the same thing, right? You make, you make, you see, even let's take Xavier Woods. This guy's got an exit strategy. He knows, hey, wrestling's not going to be there forever. So I'll start this YouTube thing. Yeah, sure. I'll pay the, I'll pay my penance to Vince. I'll let him take t-shirt money from up, up, down, down. But he's also working, you know, side gigs to do, you know, host things. I, I can see this guy doing some sort of entertainment tonight, hosting gig, some sort but, of video game hosting job but, later on. This is important. You, do you know what else Xavier Woods did? Austin Creed did? He got consent. He asked for permission early on and got consent to do it, which I guarantee you if somebody else did that two years ago or a year and a half ago, they would have gotten it because nobody at that point had any idea that Twitch was going to be this kind of money-making thing. Nobody knew. Uh, I mean, nobody knew. six months ago, Cameo was the big thing. Now it's OnlyFans. I mean, these things change all the time. So mm -hmm. if, they just, if, if they had representation to, to read the contract and say to them, that, you know, this is what you have to do, and they did it, I bet you at least the first three or four would have gotten permission. And then how do you say no to anybody else after that happens? True. But, they, but, but they didn't. They just did. But this is really where I wanted to bring Kevin in and why I, I thought that he would really add to this conversation about aside from being the OG. But he's in a business that's totally independent contractors, but he's also in New York where there's a lot of places that where there's union activity and you know, unions sort of act like organized crime a little bit. Sometimes they shake down a place that use union people, use union people. So he, yes. may, he may have some insight into to union. He's in the music business. He's a booker. He's a manager uh, in a lot of, you know, in clubs in, in Queens, but also he manages some bands. Um, so I think he might have some, you know, firsthand insight into these things. Well, well, I was. COVID put my uh, career in freeze. I'm, I'm like uh, a frozen block of ice right now, and I got one hand sticking out of the ice block. Um, Encino but, man. Yeah, I'm like Encino man right now, uh, but still half frozen. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I mean, the, the whole business has been uh, for years. I mean, whether and I, I laugh at when people say, but uh, people are supposed to be on the books. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things that are supposed to be. Believe it, New York is alive and well in doing things under the table and below boards. Uh, it still goes on. And, I, you know, and again, over the years, I uh, took gigs that I probably didn't protect myself with and stuff and ownership, took advantage of situations. I, I think right now I'm dealing with that. Uh, and, and then when the place closes, uh, right, when the place, place closes down, it's all hands across America. But then you take a step back and go, Wow, I exited out of this place with nothing and put everything into it. And one person benefited and didn't share the wealth. And it's uh, it sucks. It's a sucky situation, especially if you're dealing with a real hard-ass asshole type of person. And and I've unfortunately had to deal. And the funny thing is, and you know, again, I'm keep in mind before anybody freaks out me saying this, I'm Italian myself. I I have the hardest time working with my own people, so to speak, who are my age group. Uh, because again, it, you know, people throw around the word family and stuff when you go around good, but then there's a dime or dollar to be made or someone's going to lose it. Uh, if you don't have the same last name as them, they're going to make sure you lose it. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you're, uh, you know, just some guy who worked with them. I mean, again, I, I, I could tell you, I mean, uh, this could be a five hour show. Um, and thank God I have my own, uh, solo show. I could rant on stuff like this, but, uh, I always get, um, uh, you know, I shake my head at these things or just, 
uh, it's true that you deal with all sorts of characters. There's a lot of things that go on. People could say what used to go on. It doesn't go on. Believe me, a lot of stuff still goes on to this day. Um, people will get away, especially ownership. They will get away with whatever they can get away with. It. Like I said, dime or a dollar or whatever. You get some generous people and some people who are really uh, great to work with and look out for you and, and want to know you guys are okay because they see the big picture that after COVID, I want you guys to come back. I want to reassemble this staff. I don't want you to leave, feel bitter, and feel like I abandoned you during this bad time. And I think when you're an independent contractor, that's the whole thing because people are saying to me, hey, Kev, 28 years experience, you know, new clubs are going to pop up. You can pick. I'm like, I'm going to have to get in line like everybody else. There's going to be younger guys than me who work cheaper. And uh, again, it's going to be all about that. This is, people think there's some like, uh, you know, like the dinosaurs, the earth cooled, and then all these things are going to sprout and happen. Uh, I have my my kind of uh, doubts about that. And I think it's going to be a long time before it happens. So uh, again, uh, if there were unions, uh, for or or guilds or whatever, like you want to say, Jeff, uh, for club workers and for uh, people who uh, work in the nightclub business, whether you're backstage, you're a dishwasher, backstage dishwasher, you're a shot girl, you're a coat check girl, you're a booker, you're a doorman. Um, you know, because even the security guys have to be licensed now by the police department. You got to be uh, fingerprinted when you're a security guard and be checked that you don't have a criminal background. But if you lose your job, you're not protected. You know, they're protecting themselves. Make sure you're not a psycho working for them, but you're not protected if they show you the door or when you get laid off by COVID, you're not, you get nothing. So again, there's, I have such mixed feelings about stuff like this. Um, uh, but in wrestling, I say, thank God, at least. Uh, at least for people who are in the WWE or, or contracted by them, they're protected to a degree because they have such name value. That TV time is uh, is so precious that they get. Like Zelina Vega had some major TV time, and she can capitalize on that. Now, granted, there's not there's still some appearances you can make. I saw Thunder Rosa was doing a bunch of uh, in-store appearances in Texas and doing very well. So I'm sure Selena can go to certain states that they don't have certain restrictions and do in-stores and make couple of grand uh, a day or a night and stuff and capitalize right now on her name and have that salary. I don't know if she's still paid for the next 90 days. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, sure. You know, Alistair Black, it, you have to, I know Jeff, you don't want to bring him in, but it, he does come into the picture because it's her husband. So she has that safety net too. She's in a couple mm -hmm. of another, of a famous guy who's still for right now, my lips to God's ears, he could be released tomorrow. And don't be surprised if you see that um, or, or released after Survivor Series on Sunday. I, I really feel that that's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. And that'll play. That'll be another chapter of the story uh, that maybe you can they got, they, they got to bury him first. Oh, they'll do that. Don't worry. Um, but uh, again, so the, the thing about WWE people or, or even uh, AEW and those companies, uh, the salary is pretty, it's a good salary. Again, I believe in capitalism. I believe you should make as much money as you can. I believe there should be no window or restriction or someone to tell you how much, well, you make this or that. I mean, I even had a club owner tell me a couple of years ago, like, oh, you were making this and that. I'm like, but who are you to tell me what cap I make? Like, what, what, what about you? Why don't you worry about yourself? I just, I, that drives me nuts when someone tells you what you need to live what you need. Mm -hmm. and it's like, that's ridiculous. It's a, it's a, it's obnoxious actually. Uh, but it's, it's has, know, uh, the, a lot of the song, the musicians there in unions or they could be. And if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the unions don't really protect them much with regards to rates. They protect them more with regards to intellectual property, copyrights. And right. Nothing, nothing, nothing to do with the clubs. That's where they have agents who make those deals. 
Uh, and you've never seen, by the way, people with more power who get 10% than an agent. An agent can collapse a show. He can make sure a band doesn't play. He can make sure a club doesn't get certain artists in a little vengeful tactic that they do. If you don't take this guy, you don't get that guy. That guy. So that kind of garbage and that kind of bullshit, that goes, that's still very much alive and well for people who think – you know, oh, that's old tactics 20 years ago. Bullshit. I mean, I, I can name my woman Adam here, but three agents will absolutely play with people's careers, play with people's money, use vengeful tactics. Don't go by any. If there's a book, they threw it out the window a long time ago. But I don't <laughs> even know what rules are, you know. I mean, and Jeff could probably have a field day about stuff that I know that complete laws are being broken that I'm probably aware of, but I probably put it out of my head that I'm like, yeah, this is not only wrong in the context of, uh, morally, but just legally, it's completely illegal. You're strong arming people for business. I mean, I think that's called extortion. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, again, uh, and people will be like, oh, you know what, you know, but you're, you're staying the business. I, I know how to handle certain people, I mean, to a degree. And I'm one of those guys, if I'm not happy somewhere, I'll go somewhere else. You know, it's like uh, anything else. Uh, it's like people who stay in an unhappy marriage and then complain, oh, my wife, my wife is such a driving crazy. But again, you, it's a free, it's a free, we forget that it is a free country in the aspect of, uh, again, as they say, death and taxes uh, and, and breathing and drinking water are only things that you really need to do in life. Uh, you don't have to work for somebody. You don't have to do this. Uh, you don't have to be told what to do by someone who's tyrannical and, and, and impossible to deal with. You go somewhere else. So uh, again, I think um, Zelina was probably made an example of to a degree, but I could tell you guys this. I won't say the name of it. Jeff, you know who I'm talking about, but I won't say his name, but he's pretty notable upcoming guy who's probably going to be the future of this company. He recently did a, um, a uh, congratulations, congratulations video for me, for my partner on uh, my Discord show, my friend Trez, who got married. And I'd asked him weeks before, and he had said, listen, uh, you know, this is the last thing I, you know, I'm going to do it for you, but I can just tell you it's the last thing I could do because WWE won't let me do any of this stuff anymore. I'm like, really? Can't even wish someone congratulations on their wedding? It's like, I can't do shit. He goes, well, I'm going to put it in video or whatever. I'd rather even just call it directly and do it, you know, and just give, make a phone call to her, give me her number. So, but he ended up making a, a thing for her just on video and he said, just kept it for themselves. But he even said, that's the, I can't even do it for my family. I can't do anything. Anything that puts me on camera, putting someone over or someone outside the business, they're going to hold me flamed feet to fire. And I was like, wow, that's really, I see, because I understood the cameo and him making money, but they don't even want him going on video and someone putting it on YouTube. Hey, look who wished me a happy birthday. You can't do that anymore. He can't do it. So he couldn't even wish friends uh, congratulations on their wedding because they might think he's giving some publicity or going outside the realm of what they think he should do and putting his face out there. Even though he's not being that character, he could be his real name, but he said it's a very dicey situation. I even said it to him. I go, well, what if you're just doing it as you, your name, you know, you know civilian? He goes, very, very sketchy. I, I, I'd rather not even do it. So again, yeah, yeah. So I said, wow, that's really, so I can imagine he's a big guy up and coming. Zelina, I could just imagine like, okay, we're going to make an example of her. It's wrong. But in the club business too, they want to send a message. They'll fire the backup sound man or they'll fire the bar back. And that's what they do. And he's liked, and everyone's like, oh, how could you get rid of poor, poor Jonathan or whatever? And be like, hey, man, he doesn't want to fight. He comes late. I told you, anybody comes late, you're out. So he's out. Anybody, you're next. And they won't fire the top guys or the big people, but they want to send that warning to uh, their people. The little guys. Yeah, to, to just show, uh, you know, we're in control. 
Um, and again, because people were saying Zelina is such a big star, but in the context of what a big star is, big merch seller, are the ratings up when she's on TV? No, she's not. So from their perspective, she is expendable. And I know that people don't want to hear that. And I argued with people on Twitter, Kev, what are you talking about? She had so much. I'm like, but she was on some of the lowest rated segments. If you go business, lowest rated raw and her merch is null. She has one shirt. Doesn't sell a lot. I checked her merch stats. It's she's expendable. I'm sorry that, that people don't want to hear that. She is not Becky. She is not one of the four horse women. She's not Shayna Baszler. She is barely, I will put her somewhere between Sonia Deville and Dana Brooke, somewhere between that. But as far as top girl, nah, she's, she's, she's a lower mid card manager. And I'm sorry, again, I'm not insulting her. I'm just telling you where the WWE sees her. Well, th this is okay. an interesting meander and I don't want to, I don't want to go too far down this path. Yeah. For the, I, for the record, I like her. I just, I want to think I hate her. I like, no, her. I, I like her too. And, and actually uh, I think that she was exactly what WWE wanted Sasha Banks to be for years, but then a funny thing happened. Sasha Banks became what they wanted Sasha Banks to be for years, and I think at that moment she became expendable because Zelina Vega was acting like a true boss, a legit boss, and then Sasha Banks actually became the boss. I mean, she she she's had a, a banger of a year, and I think that sort of made her expendable. We can we can debate where on the card she was between Sonya Deville and Dana Brooke or between Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose or it, and it doesn't matter. You're, she she wasn't a, a top echelon person. Yeah, that was really the point. It was not to mean her. You know what I mean? She was deemed to be expendable, but right. I think she was deemed to be expendable because she was big enough now to be an example. I mean, I think she was exactly in that sweet spot, which. Mm -hmm. A week ago, she probably thought it was a sweet spot because, it, because she was uh, probably going on to bigger things or had a pretty thought she had a pretty mm -hmm. solid gig because she was doing pretty well. And well, I have no doubt that she's the one that asked to be in the ring doing less management, which was probably mistake number one. Um, sure. Let me, I wanna, if I can just jump in here, Jeff, for yeah, one please. second, I just want to play devil's advocate on one thing, right? So, like, we know that. Um, Again, this the rumor now is that she's making way more money doing the this uh, Twitch thing, video gaming online, and thanks to COVID, there's no house shows. There, uh, one major revenue stream for WWE, these live shows and the merch sales is completely uh, stagnant, slowed down. Right, so. Mm -hmm. You've got WWE looking for alternative means of, of revenue, right? So they want to, you know, they do now. They can't do live signings like a, at a WWE Access on WrestleMania weekend. But now they've turned this cameo thing. They've taken away cameo. But now if you want to meet and greet with Lacey or Big E, you've got to fork over 125 bucks to talk to them for four minutes on a Zoom. It's pr practically the same thing, right, as the cameo. Um, in, in many ways, it's a lot more money for, depending on which talent you want. Um, doesn't Zelina have value? This goes to both of you. Doesn't Zelina have value in that? The fact that she's got this following online, this gaming, and now that if WWE in, let's say the next year, somehow finds a way to strike a deal with Twitch, mm -hmm. a WWE channel gets created and you've got different WWE talent hosting sh shows and, and creating revenue for the business. Maybe she's not an in-ring talent, but maybe her brand and her value is in there. 
and she brings well, her fans. But they, so they, doesn't they, she then have a fight to say, hey, no, 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 guys. Now my value is much more elevated than, you know. But, but this isn't this isn't a discussion. I understand what you're doing, and I appreciate it. But WWE has a partnership with Twitch's competitor, YouTube. So there's no way they're cutting a deal with Twitch unless their partnership with YouTube ends. And if their partnership with YouTube ends, it's not it's not likely because they're having a partnership with Twitch. It's likely because they're going to expand the WWE network to do their own streaming thing, which, by the way, if you do the math and if you can get the same following and WWE gets a 30% cut, Twitch or YouTube doesn't get a cut, so the talent would get 70% in that case. They'd actually come off a, over, come out ahead. But we're doing a lot of ifs right now. Let sure. me say one thing. Let me put out another if while we're in the world of ifs. And it's not really an if, it's a how. And how much longer is Zelina Vega as Thea Trinidad a commodity? Has she built enough of a fandom that this is going to last for years and years and years? Or does it go down every week that she's not on TV? Or if she goes on TV and goes to AEW as Thea Trinidad or, or the Trinidadian or whatever name they want to give her, um, does does she keep the same level because the AEW audience is, well, half, one-third, one-fourth, depending on what show it is, of, of the WWE audience? Does her audience go down with that? Do her Twitch followers go to the next hot thing that they see on TV that they have their crush on, or are they loyal to her? I don't know the answer to that question, but I would say from a risk standpoint, if it was me, I'd go with the short thing. I would go with my horse where I always have that platform for play, uh, for for uh, fame and not – I mean, he's not doing a Cody Rhodes thing who, first of all, you know, had millions anyway, but is banking on himself to form a new promotion with, with – a billionaire and you know exactly, yeah. she ain't doing that but he wasn't doing a twitch channel either he had a plan and he bet on himself and he did it and some people bet on themselves and they make it most don't though most people bet on themselves and they end up and i don't know where it's going to end for her but i don't think she's that that famous or that that popular that without this wwe platform that her fame is going to last very long well let's let's speculate on that and i, I want to get kev's opinion on this too um the internet wants her to go. Like, there's a lot of AEW fanboys that want her to go to AEW, right? Oh my God, she'd lift the, she'd lift the, uh, the, the, the uh, women's division uh, leaps and bounds, right? But truth be told, you know, Kevin said it earlier. She's not selling merchandise. She's not bringing anything in. You, Jeff, you just said it. Is she bringing viewers in? Who knows? You know that AEW. You've heard Tony Khan say, "Hey, listen, we're going to leave the women to one segment." A dynamite because they're not drawing. Yeah. So, is it smart for AEW to sign Thea, Thea Trinidad? No, I don't think so at all. And again, I think uh, you know fans sit back and they do this stuff, and I think they don't want to put. It's not that they don't have a business hat; they want to leave the business hat on the rack. They don't want to put it on. They want it. They want this. No, I feel better pushing a narrative of what's deserved. And the downtrodden, and I'm pro this and that, and this is the bad guy, this is the good guy. I'm on team good guy, but I'm like, okay, when that all that dust settled, what now? Well, she goes to AEW and becomes a bigger star than she ever won the WWE. John Moxley was the only person who did that. Name another person who did that. 
Um, um, Chris, Jer Chris Jericho is already established as Chris Jericho changed nothing about himself, owns every right to his character. That's a completely different guy. Name another person. Um, 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 uh, 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 Jake Hager. Uh, he's not doing anything. He's not a big star. That's a, he's worth nothing on the independent circuit. He wouldn't even get $500. So I, I mean, again, they, they just want John Moxley, uh, Selena Vega is in the John Moxley camp. This is what I have to deal with on Twitter all the time. I have time <laughs> to go on there. So, I, and, and again, it's uh, sometimes my podcasts were pretty notable. I'm like, what? So it's like, uh, uh, you know, here's the problem uh, with that. Again, not ever just like example, big club just closed down in Queens. And what does everybody tell everybody? Hey, all you guys go work at lucky 13 in Brooklyn. Uh, what happens to the full staff that they have waiting to retain their jobs there? How many jobs do you think are at a club that holds 150 people? Uh, it's, it's a seven-person staff. There's 14 people who need a job. They're not going to that club. They're going to go find somewhere else to work. They're, there's no occupancies there. So it's like, again, people are delusional. Like, go here, go there, go here, go there. It's like, uh, that's what you'd like to see, and I'm glad that you feel happy about that. But the truth of the matter is, Selena Vega's best bet is probably to go to Impact Wrestling. Or to go to possibly, I wouldn't say Ring of Honor. That's a big step down. They have deep pockets, but I don't know if anybody during COVID times is given big contracts. I don't see Zelina Vega going to AEW. I think AEW can't be this land of, what was it? Who's the guy who went there and everyone thought he was going to be a bigger star? Uh, the Perfect Ten, Mr. Ten. What's his name? Ty, Ty Dillinger. Yeah, pa yeah Ty Dillinger. Uh, yeah, uh, again, all he's known for is, is hard way hurting Cody Rhodes with a chair. That's all he's known for <laughs> since he's been there. Well, look at Zack Ryder. He, he had, he had Cardona. a contract. He did three, and they said, eh, that's enough. Yeah, we're not going to take him. They didn't pick up, uh, what's his name, uh, Kurt. I was going to call him Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt, is, uh, Kurt, Hawkins. Uh, his, uh, Kurt Hawkins. All those other guys went to Impact and uh, wrestled because they have no crowds there. They wrestled to nobody. Uh, you know, Eric Young is the champion over there. But, they, you know, whatever. They, he's no, he's not. Rip Swan is. Oh, oh, then, oh, he lost the belt? Okay. But I'm yeah. just saying they took some of these guys there, and some of those people are Canadian residents, so they don't mind going to Impact, all they do in Canada. Uh, but again, Zelina Vega is a person who AEW, she's not very good in the ring and not for nothing. You got Thunder Rosa there representing the Latina, uh, cause they're not, they're, they're taking people in specific and yes, they are looking at nationalities and ethnicities and stuff. This is their girl for the Latina community. This is their other girl. This yeah, is their, they, they also have, they have to, to buttress your point. It's supportive. They have Ty Conti. They have Eva Lee. They have oh, oh, yeah. Exactly. And these are not even names that are really doing anything. And Ty Conti was not liked in NXT. They were through a party when she left. They were glad she left on her own accord, where she would have been canned. But uh, as far as the uh, Zelina Vega goes, she doesn't have. She's a mouthpiece. Does, does AEW need another mouthpiece? And they just mm -hmm. hired. They just hired another girl who's like their. Uh, African-American version of Tori Wilson. I mean, I don't even know what, what – I like to look up that girl, the fitness girl, who was like six, six feet. Cargill. Yeah, I mean, again, they, they got some new girls there. And as much as everyone thinks the cons just peel off checks, you think the cons are rolling in money right now with their football league, their teams, and and, and over in Europe, they're not doing anything. They're not generating any money. So but it's even like – they are, Kevin, yeah. even if they are – there's a budget. AEW has a budget. Of they course. have a lot of money right now because they're being paid for two shows a, a month a week, but they're only producing one. So, exactly. So, they, so since March, they've been they've been paid whatever the pro rata is, fifteen million dollars a year per per week. Well, so they have extra money to play with now. But the point everyone always goes: people should go where they're going to be happiest. They're going to be happiest, and they just assume they're going to be happier at AEW. And everyone right now says they are happier at AEW. It's a it's a freer atmosphere. They work one or two days a week. You know, they can they can do what they want. They're not you know they are independent contractors. 
But the COVID thing, you know, you you start to see Tony Khan stepping down that slippery slope of saying, you, you know, tighter restrictions on, on that. But the, the bigger point is, sure, they're all happy now. It's been a year and a half. And for, for most of the roster, it's been weeks or months. What's going to happen in a year? You think in a year if Miro is still the second to Kip Sabian that he's going to be happy? Well, well, it's funny. You guys remember. I mean, you guys are both old enough to remember your old school fans. WCW, when they were all going over to WCW, even Virgil going over there and being, what was he in there, Vince? He was Vince. Oh, I'm so happy here. It's great. Let the good times roll. 98. 99, the wheels start to come off the bus. 2000, <laughs> 2000 I got to get off this sinking ship. Chris Jericho got the fuck out of there. The giant, uh, Big Show got the fuck out of there. Everyone's migrating. Let's get the F out of here. By 2001, if you didn't get out of there by that sink, that ship going down, you were probably, you were, if you were handpicked, and you, we all know the debacle that the invasion was. It could have been so much more. But then ECW disintegrated, and last man standing was WWE. And I'm not predicting that for AEW, but also what Jeff said. First year and a half, listen, WCW, 96, 97, Luger shows up. Oh, I'm so glad to be out of WWE. But again, kind of almost like the Yankee dynasty, the WWE is always going to be here. They're always going to be the juggernaut. They're always going to be the biggest game in town. They're never going to be overtaken by AEW. It's good to have an alternative. But wouldn't surprise me in a couple of years if AEW even got sold and the cons like we're out of the business and sold to somebody else. I think really only the WWE is going to be around. Now, I think Vince is in a few years, Vince will retire. I don't believe he'll die at the helm. His dad didn't, even though his dad had cancer, his dad stepped away, Vince Sr. And a year later, he passed away in 84, but before WrestleMania even happened. But again, I don't think Vince is going to die in the back on the calling people in the mic, talking to people in the microphone. I think Vince will step down. Now, if tri Triple H is the heir apparent, that I'm not so sure of. I really don't know if maybe even an outsider will come in. And will it change? No. And I don't think the independent contractor will change, too. I think, you know, as what we're putting this all together in a bow. Uh, but again, it's about Selena Vega. And I think her best bet. It's probably she's going to have to sit out her 90 days. I believe she has a 90 day no compete. She does. And I think her best bet is perhaps to go to Impact. If she really wants to have a good women's division there, Deanna Perrazzo, they have a lot of, uh, you know, Rosemary. They have a lot of good talkers there. Uh, John, John Morrison's wife is there. I'm surprised she probably eventually will be here, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but to me, this, this, I mean, Zelina is, is the tripwire here, but she's not really the bigger issue. She's just the person at the center of it right now. But what I, you know, what I want to get into a little bit more was that, you know, there's, there's the thing about unions is, is that there's, or guild is that there's absolutely no benefit to the top people. And without the top people, this will fail. What right. happens when you form a union is that somebody invites a union in and then there's a union organizer or organizers that come in. There are federal laws against interfering with union organization. That's about the extent of it until there is a union. But there's a voting process and, and there's a certain number of people that have to vote for uh, a, a, a union. Now, for a guild, it's different. An individual can join a guild, but we already know the problem involved in that. They can't use that SAG contractor contract with any promotion that exists. So it, it's sort of useless. Um, but without the big names, it's, it's useless. But let's say there was a union or a guild that somehow emerged. The only company that would survive it, the only one, unless the cons are willing to put another $300 million into the company or whatever, is WWE. And people say it's a billion-dollar company. No, it is not. 
and I checked into this recently. And right. because I was ready to say, no, it's a $400 million company because the stock was $100 and it's like $35 now or something. It was valued at $5.371 billion. So it's a multi-billion dollar company, despite the stock plummeting, despite everything else. Merchant sales are actually increased somehow without the house shows. So they're saving money left and right. But you know what? They have an obligation to they might have moral obligations in, in the listener's mind, my mind, your mind, right, right, right. but they only have one legal obligation, and that is to the shareholders. And that's how publicly traded stocks work. All the suits that people talk about, all the class actions, except for the um, concussion one, which was ridiculous. And that was a tort. Tort is, is a personal injury. Um, so that didn't lose, that had nothing to do with independent contractor status or employee status, except to the extent that all these people worked for multiple promotions and played high school football, college football, you know, wrestled in 52 different places, whatever. So you, you couldn't show causation. But all of the other suits that you know about, pretty much, I don't know about all, but most are shareholder derivative suits, basically alleging some kind of failure on WWE's part to maximize profits and dividends to shareholders. Nothing about unfair labor practices, nothing about being nicer to talent. It's all about getting more money for the shareholders. So make no mistake, those class action suits have zero to do with this. Now, let me get into one other thing, which is a little bit, might be in the weeds, but I'm gonna to try to simplify. <laughs> there is a giant difference between union or guild uh, action, which we already talked about, uh, and by the way, the, 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 I didn't actually finish my point, so let me finish that, is that if there were these union contracts or guild contracts, it would increase expenses monumentally. So let's just say a company tried to survive, their costs are going up by 40 or 50% labor costs immediately. So what's going to happen? Ticket prices are going up, merch prices are going up, and salaries are going down because companies don't aren't in business to lose money. So they're either going to go out of business or they're not going to accept union labor. So like I said, you'd be tra trapped in WWE one way or another. This, the, in this case, you, you self-trapped yourself. Um, so the, the other thing is that this thing about Andrew Yang, his issue really isn't about unions at all. His issue is about the independent contractor status. So root for Yang, tweet Yang, encourage Yang, uh, because that does not require a private cause of action. I know some people have been saying somebody needs to sue. WWE's never lost the suit. I don't know that anyone's ever sued WWE on this suit. I think the only person who has is Brock Lesnar, and they settled that case. So we don't know, you know, where that was going. There wasn't much public there, and Brock Lesnar was Brock, Brock Lesnar even then. Um, but every government has an ability to uh, to police this and regulate it and do independent action on both the federal and state level on two levels. What levels? The Department of Labor. Every state has a Department of, Department of Labor. There's a federal Department of Labor. Mm. They all have regulatory policing abilities. They all have assistant U.S. attorneys or assistant attorney generals uh, or attorneys general. Um, there are oftentimes administrative agencies as well, which also have uh, attorney generals assigned to them. Um, but there's also taxing authorities. What do the taxing authorities have to do with it? It's something called a payroll tax that an employer pays about 3.5% of and an employee pays the other 3.5%. So that's 7%. may not seem like a lot. It may not be a lot, but they got Al Capone on tax evasion too. So taxing authorities is often the strongest way. So that would be the IRS or state controllers. 
um, they, they would have an interest in this and have standing. So it doesn't require a private suit. And if you want to look at independent contractor tests, don't take my word for it. Go to irs.gov, type in independent contractor and see what the test is. But also go to your own state go to, or go to every state, the Department of Labor and go independent contractor test. And you'll see ones like the one I'm in Maryland. The one in Maryland is about twice as long as the one for the IRS, which means it's harder to be considered an independent contractor. How enforceable is it in practice? Not so much. But if somebody wants to target a company, they target a company. And yes, the federal government has more important things to do. But if they want to go after you, it's not like they prioritize things just because they're more important. If they have a bug in their craw and they want and they want to do it, they're gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna give the but, resources to the Justice but, Department. But Jeff, like, I mean, it all the one. I guess it all depends on who's in office. Like a, a guy like Trump or or a conservative uh, president isn't gonna go. At, you know, they're usually very uh, you know pro business, and they're not gonna go after. Uh, you know, they're not gonna be pro labor. Whereas a Democrat uh, will go for pro-labor. But again, to Kevin's point, I don't think that's going to be the, you know, oh, you know, let me get this on the first 90 days of my office is fuck coronavirus. Let me get, uh, you know, independent contractor and WWE settled. Well, that's all like, true. But, but there are different departments who do different things entirely. But the labor department's going to be busy also with this, with get, trying to get relief and unemployment benefits and, you know, and, and other things. Sure. So, yes, this... this this should not be on the federal government's radar anytime soon, but they do strange things. That strange. All I'm saying is don't rule it out. Oh, what yeah, you're I saying is I, they should audit yeah. Vince McMahon is what you're saying. Well, I remember the government I took it, the, the government took it. Over, no, the government took him on once before and he won. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not saying it's uh, it's it's something down the road. It's like you know, don't worry about this now. There'll be other things, and also we're still in the in, in the midst of this COVID thing, and possibly even another nationwide lockdown, which I hope does not happen. Um, so again, I think it's uh, I think Vince will probably be out of the company by the time they even take this to task. I really do. I mean, you know, Vince is 75, I think now, and the last time I last yeah, last time I saw him, I mean, Jesus, he is aging rapidly. Um, and I don't think it's the uh, the the stress. I just think uh, again, uh, age uh, catches up with you. No matter how many uh, weights uh, you lift, you know, what I mean, you still he's an elderly man now. He's not even a you know an old man. He's elderly, literally. So I think that by the time this gets exploded, who knows? Maybe if Triple H is in charge, he'll play ball and and change uh, things around. And who knows what we're going to see in a few years? I mean, I'm. I'm looking forward to what we're going to see with this country in general. So I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, there could be a lot of changes, some for the better, some for the worse, and maybe some not at all. Well, they, they justify by paying top dollar, which they do. Mm -hmm. By the way, even if one AEW says they pay top the same amount, it's it, except for a very few people, mm -hmm. it's that they pay a, a, the same amount or close to the same amount on an appearance base, which is part of the reason why they have so many people cluttered on a two-hour show. Right. All right, that's my last. That, that's all I have to say on this issue. I think we really explored it pretty well, but but please, just because I've ran out of my lines, doesn't mean that you guys have. So, you know, take yeah, no, time. I mean, I don't, I don't think anything. I don't think I've got anything else. Um, before we let Kevin go, because uh, we don't know when we might have him back, and let me go. You're, rele you're, re you're releasing me. <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna let you go. Uh, yeah, but you can't you, pop uh, your release your, your OnlyFans to us. All right, 90 um, days, I can't be on another podcast. Wrestling podcast. We're, we're, we're not <laughs> Okay. You can join Garden of Doom anytime. 
I, 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 plan, I plan on visiting the Garden of Doom soon. Yeah, we're not subject to the laws of the Earth. Good. I wanted to uh, get your opinions on Survivor sure. Series, and, and especially last night's, uh, I, I felt there was a monumental episode of Raw. I feel like I've been jaded like with so many bad Raws that like when they finally give me a good one, I'm like, thank you, Vince. Like, we knew you had it in you. Like, where was this? Um, I thought last night's Raw was pretty epic. I felt like the booking was pretty strong. It felt like an old, like an old Attitude Era uh, episode of Raw okay. with the build. I mean, the minute you saw this guy's entrance, Drew McIntyre, yeah. you had to have known like this guy was going to win. Like this, this thing was huge. And I see a lot of people on the internet talking today, and I, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Sure. They wanted to say, why give Randy the belt? If he was only going to hold on to it for a couple of weeks, probably put an you know put another notch in the uh, amount of time and put him in that record book of even, even though it doesn't mean much of Triple H and Ric Flair and John Cena for you know I'm not even sure who's one two three or four. You guys might even know more than me who holds the uh, championship record right now. Is it Cena or Ric Flair? I don't even know. It's still Flair. Flair. Ric Flair both have 16, but okay. Flair, once once Cena got to 16, Flair is up to, you know, 27 or something like that. But Triple H and Orton are both at 14. Right. So I think it's maybe just to pad the numbers or since they just re-signed Randy again. I think Randy signed for a three- or five-year deal. Randy will finish out his career with the WWE. I don't think he has any aspirations to work backstage or any other company. I think he'll be gone and retired and with his family. And uh, in three to five years, he'll be done as in done like his dad was done with wrestling. I think Randy's going to follow suit. Um, so I think it was just to pad the numbers and also just to generate excitement, get Drew over a little bit more. It might have been a thing to get Drew to show that he is a serious champion and that he can win the big one and and that he is a viable guy and that he's going to give Reigns and even go nose to nose at Reigns where he didn't back down, neither back down. But the, the interesting thing is I, I posed the question, if we were in arenas and live crowds were there, would Reigns be cheered and Drew booed out of the building in this scenario. I have a feeling this would not go the way WWE thinks it would. I think Drew would be booed in this scenario. And Reigns is now the cool heel. Uh, Reigns has found career resurgence uh, in, in a different role now as, as being the heartless prick who uh, limits his family to one portion at Thanksgiving. Uh, so uh, I don't know what Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre liked him better when he was the S Scottish psychopath. But I understand that that's a very limited window. I, I had this uh, discussion with my brother because my brother is just not a Drew McIntyre fan. Doesn't see any redeeming qualities. My brother calls him a less Barry Wyndham. So it's oh, like, I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's, you know, Barry Wyndham without Blackjack Mulligan as his father. Um, if Barry Wyndham looked like Drew McIntyre, he would have been a 16 time world champion. Oh, it's funny. Barry Wyndham, you know, uh, right, got out of Barry Wyndham had one of those like Jake Roberts, not any, he had just kind of a regular guy physique. You know what I mean? He had, he was neither here nor there. But Barry but just Wyndham, really, just a big regular. Yeah, just big guy, big guy, six, 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 seven. Barry Wyndham's a big son of a bitch. And now he looks, also. yeah, he looks old, just old time cowboy looking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, Drew McIntyre, and I told my brother, I was like, no, he, he's got something. I, I don't think you could say he's completely worthless i mean that's a little much uh and i i don't think i even do it with people i don't like i think um you know i know so you know pod in podcasting now it's the narrative to have your guy and have that guy that you're anti and everybody plays that role yeah i i try not to do that 
Uh, I'll make fun of everybody, and I mostly on Twitter. My stuff is comedy based. I don't have, I don't personally hate Natty Neidhart. I just uh, say that next to a library, the best place to read is during a, a Natty Neidhart match because there's no crowd, oh. there's complete crowd silence. I mean, she gets no reaction. There, there's zero. Re I've been in arenas where no one reacts at all. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I think we would get a better reaction <laughs> if we got in the ring. Um, so I, I don't get that. I don't, and, and uh, you know, people tell me of this fan base. I'm like, but doesn't a fan base respond when you make an appearance? Um, so my whole thing with Drew is I think he's, he's good. I don't know if, uh, there's some sort of disconnect between him and certain fan base. I think, uh, you know, does he have that that trifecta, which is, you know, you guys have heard this for your whole lives. Uh, you know, the girls want to be with you. The guys want to be like you and the children think you're a, a tough guy or a superhero. I think Reigns has that. I don't, I think he has it now where guys think he's cool. Now girls always liked him, and kids always liked Roman Reigns. So he's now reached that trifecta drew. I don't know. I don't know if guys think he's cool. I think he's getting in that John Cena, Roman Reigns, baby face, a little corny. And now, you know, even he's so nice. He goes in the back and puts his arm. Hey, Charlie, how's it going? And you're like, I don't know. Should he be doing this? Shouldn't he be the more of a tough, you know, bruiser type guy and kicking ass instead of smiling? Even when he lost the title, if you guys remember a few weeks back, the next night he wasn't even that upset about it. He wasn't. Yeah, he, he, was he, not came working, out, he was not he, working that injury. He wasn't all. working the injury and he wasn't working the angle that he was pissed. He actually came down the aisle and says, I'm not even going to be mad about it. I'm going to get it back one day. It's going to be mine again. Uh, and then again, that male contingency goes, He's not cool. He's not badass. Yeah. You know That's what not what a badass does. Kevin, you know what he's yeah. missing? What? Authenticity. He doesn't sound real. He's missing the Eddie <sighs> Kingston really? authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. He, it all sounds like it's scripted. At, but at I don't think but, but I don't think fake because I think Drew – listen, Drew's not a tough guy. We know that. He's not – he can't all of a sudden become Bruiser Brody. That's not his thing. Or he can't no, be – but if he got cast tomorrow to be Aquaman's enemy and Aquaman, oh too, no, 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 he could pull it off. But I, th sure. people, people like to think that there's a little bit of that kind of toughness. Like when he goes in the locker room, people fear and respect him. And I think that that's just a delusional thing. That's why they didn't like Cena. They thought Cena was just this gooey baby face, and it's like sickening. Like just, but then you know, you have people behind the scenes say that John Cena ruined their career, so you know he was kind of a prick. Yeah, so I the mean, fans love Cena now. They Everyone do him now. They do because again, I think you miss. Uh, you know, don't know what you got till it's gone to a degree, and I think uh, people people recognize uh, someone. So, uh, Cinderella, one of my favorite bands. It's a, but, uh, absence. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Absence so. makes the heart grow fonder, and I and I think that I think that fans uh, realize that. Oh my! You know, sometimes it's hard for a fan to admit, and and the same thing when they put their they put all their money on somebody, whether it's Kevin Owens, some. They have to get to a point where they go, you know what? Even Bobby Roode, he's not a top guy. Just listen, it's okay. No, no, I, I, I I said this on my show. Jeff's heard me say this, Steve. I don't know if you've heard me say this. I've used this as a line, and it's it's been like my catch thing. But I mean it in a and not Make in a derogatory way. Kevin. Make him wait for it. Tease it. Not everybody. There's nothing wrong with having a Tito Santana career. There okay. you go. There's For nothing sure. wrong with there's nothing wrong with that. Tito Santana. Your pants. What's your pants situation right now? Gone? He, he's never been the world champion, but he was a viable guy who was always in that upper mid card. Now he wasn't never even fought for the championship, never got a title match. But he was IC champion, tag team champion multiple times, strike force, Ivan Putsky, 
uh, again, and a great career, but he was never the top guy. Not everybody could be the top guy, and fans have to stop always thinking he should have been champion. You, you hear it all the time. Should have been champion. Should have been champion. Should have been champion. No, and, no. And you know what he doesn't have and what Roddy Piper doesn't have? What? A go GoFundMe pages. And you know what Zack Ryder doesn't <laughs> have? A GoFundMe page. And you know what Zack Ryder does have? Ten thousand dollars to spend on a Kamala doll, he, even though he's unemployed. And he's got so, uh, and he's got Chelsea Green, and before that, he yeah. had Tennille Dashwood. He's uh, so, does quite well for himself in the so, romance. So department. talk to me about happiness. What what is happiness? So that you're you're getting the most out of work, or you're going to get the most out of your life for the next sixty years? But Stephen, this is your fault because you you said <laughs> you have entrance coming in. You have yeah. no no. It was the same entrance you got every week. But I will say this about Raw. I don't think it was. The great he I don't did, every, did, Jeff, he didn't he doesn't get Excalibur and 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 then uh super tight. No, no, no. Uh, oh, you, you had you had you had Randy looking at his junk and going, ooh. Okay, that but like, that was not the, <laughs> that was not the opening segment. Let me just say this. I didn't think every segment of Raw was great. I thought Dana Brooke couldn't act. I think the stuff with Jeff and Elias is really tired. The new day is corny okay. as hell. But yeah. I will say this: this was the best constructed episode of Raw I've seen in years. Every segment had a meaning. Every segment had a wrestling memory and either advanced an ongoing story or started a new one. So even the horrible Dana Brooke thing, they explained Mandy Rose, they you know solidified Mandy Rose's injury. And then Mia Yim or Reckoning attacked her to start a new feud. Every segment had some purpose and recalled some passing. I don't think this stuff with Team Raw is great. I don't think the stuff with Retribution is great, but but it was good last night. So everything made sense. It was it was a complete wrestling show that made sense. Right. Now, I have said similar things before where I've had hope before, and they always let me down the next week. But if they continue to construct shows like this with a memory and with scripts, and I sort of like this Drew Sheamus thing. Because that's as close to authentic as I as I've heard Drew, face Drew. Um, I don't know. I think it could be okay. I don't know why they put the belt on Randy just to take it away, other than to pad it. My theory was that they wanted the veteran to sort of bear the brunt of of the COVID era ratings and things like that. Maybe you know it's true. Maybe they Vince saw Drew facing Roman Friday night and said, "We have got to we have got to do that." I also have another thing. Maybe, maybe something very big happened that that freed this up that they can have Roman face Drew without a decisive winner. A lot of people are opining the Miz will try to cash in, and that's perfectly legitimate. That's typical WWE bullshit. But a certain guy appeared, reappeared on the Raw webpage a, a week or so ago named Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman was his advocate. Maybe still is, maybe isn't, but either way, it makes sense for him to interfere in the match, and that's a big deal. So Brock Lesnar coming in and screwing it up is a big deal, and lets both guys, you know, get out of get out of with a screwy finish, and with only the the smarky of the smarkiest fans complaining. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Thank I you, want I want I want to make reference to the to what you've been saying, and I had an argument with a couple of friends of mine earlier today because sure they were don't. like. That, no, I actually, it was kind of like a stalemate. I was uh, <laughs> trying to, because they were like, oh, you know, I don't understand why they gave uh, this guy the belt, Drew McIntyre the belt, uh, because he's only going to get fed to Roman Reigns and he's going to look like a fucking idiot. And then in the same breath, they were like, but then the Miz is going to cash in. And I go, hold up a second. Drew 
loses to Roman Reigns, and that's him being fed and buried. But yet, him losing to The Miz makes sense? No, it doesn't. That's, that makes worse fucking sense. So to me, like, and I, I disagree with the both of you guys respectfully, that I think like Drew is, uh, feels like a big deal. And I like the last night, you know, the guy got his um, victory yeah. in front of the Thunderdome. It's going to be the closest thing you get to a live audience in, for the next year, probably, right? This guy got, yeah, got his win, his WrestleMania win was, was uh, in front <clears throat> of crickets. In front of a couple people uh, holding boom mics. Yeah, not his fault. Yeah, not his fault. Yeah, of course. And not his fault, but at least this guy got a reaction this time. So even right. for the fact that, like, okay, Randy dropped the belt just so they can re relive this moment. Hey, they're gonna be playing this. Probably they're probably gonna gonna edit fucking WrestleMania Drew's WrestleMania win out and and replace it with this Raw win. You know when the, when everything's said and done. Um. I, I, I don't hold too much stock in 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 why 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 only uh Randy hold this title. Randy don't need a fucking belt. Randy's a goddamn legend. Randy can go walk into a uh, a match with the Fiend. They don't need a belt. The Fiend versus uh Randy Orton, they've got backstory. They don't need a belt. The belt he is a prop. 14 to get to 15 to get to 16. The end. Agreed. That too. And what does it really mean? And also, you guys remember, even being fans back in the day, Roddy Piper didn't need a belt. At one point, they gave him the Intercontinental title, and that didn't Thank mean you. shit. And uh, even in the Attitude Era, did The Rock or Steve Austin really need to be world champion? Nah, no, they didn't no, need to be no. world champion. Even on, back in the day, 70s, did Andre the Giant need to be champion? No. No, uh, no dollar man. Premise. I, I, I cannot stand the doesn't need theory. That, that seems to me a very modern fan kind of thing. I, you know, when we talk about Ric Flair, it, it you never not say the sixteen time world champion. But that was his gimmick. That was his gimmick. Rick needed the belt. To be honest uh, with you, I mean, did he? I I, I, I don't know did. if he did. Or, I mean, maybe he I, did put in, into in ninety two, but he didn't after ninety two. All I'm saying is that these things do matter, and the biggest guy on your company, the big the biggest draw, should be in the conversation for the title. Always and always be in the picture. Not that they should always hold the title, but they can always be sort of circling well, around it. Well, do you think Undertaker needed the belt? Really? I mean, did he really need the belt? I don't think so. I mean, he no. just for a couple of times to have it, but uh, in recent years, did he need to be champion? Well, even no, people, no. people even but talking about, people, yeah, people talking about like one more time. If I'm like, oh no, oh, please no, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. he's seventy eight. But he, he he's, he's 55, I think. That's I think he's 57. But didn't, didn't no, he, he's 55, 55. Didn't he hold it like eight or ten times between the, the two different world titles? Yeah, I can't even remember. What, his, what was his last title run? I don't even remember. I, I don't but know. See, I but, just, that's I just, the, but that's the exact point. Like, you don't need to remember the title run because it, he's the Undertaker. You don't need to remember. They're going to say 16 times. I think it's your, your point is valid, Jeff, only for faces. If you're a heel, you need the belt to put yeah. over the baby face. Rick Flair put listen. so many people over because he was 16-time champion. Right, now, right, now, listen, right. Listen, listen to even how we all met each other. We all met each other, I think, through the Solid Monster Sounds Off. And Jason often says the Undisputed Era. It wasn't in a nothing. steam in a Russian steam house? No. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was Belarus. But anyway, he, <laughs> he often says that the Undisputed Era has nothing left to do in NXT. Well, right. so what? I got news for you. Those those three hundred and fifty pound, five four hundred and fifty pounders aren't doing anything in the main roster except being laughed at. Right. I mean, we we saw when Gargano and Ciampa Ciampa came up 
last year after the uh, and after the Survivor Series, and two nights in a row, nobody responded in the no. crowd. Like 500 people did baby, and the other guys got no reaction. The point is, why do you need to go anywhere? Rule NXT, become the legends of NXT, go into the WWE Hall of Fame of, as the four horsemen of NXT. Adam Cole can be the seven-time NXT champion. He doesn't need it, but how does it hurt him? What's he going to do, go to AEW and well, be, be behind 17 guys or win the title once and then be very behind 17 guys? I, well, I, I don't understand it. There's a very flip-flop thing with NXT. You guys know it to the argument. Is it legitimately a third brand or is it a developmental farm system minor league that only gets elevated when it's convenient to say that it means something because notice they're not part of the fucking survivor series this year and they played a very big role last year where they mostly majority uh showcased themselves and got over on the mainstream talent so what are they what are what is the what is what is nxt Three so quarters the, developmental, you know, one one quarter its own brand. Because people are saying right now, even with our friend Killer Cross or Karrion Cross, don't go back to NXT. It's a step down. I'm like, step down. He was the champion. He never lost it. He's got business to finish and go get the belt from Finn Balor. Him and Finn Balor is a great main event. And then people even tell me, it's like, dude, if that's your friend, when you want to see him on the main roster? And I'm like, it's, but wait a minute, you're saying that Finn, oh, Finn Balor, they just sent him down there because Finn had given something to do. It doesn't mean anything. NXT ratings are worse than ever. They only did uh, good numbers on Halloween Havoc, which is true. Uh, and so he should just let, just let him go to the main roster and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, I, to segue, because I wanted your guys' opinion on what you think was going to happen and kind of plays into what my opinion is. I don't know. This is fact, speculating. You might think the same thing, but I think uh, Undertaker is going to get attacked by carrying Cross at Survivor Series, and I think it's going to lead to those two at WrestleMania. That's my opinion. I don't think Undertaker is not getting jumped by somebody uh, on Sunday, and I think it's going to be Cross. And I'm, again, I'm just speculating. He certainly wouldn't tell me, but I think it's going to be him because he's ready to go, and I don't think they're going to hold him off to the Royal Rumble. Jeff, you can answer first, and then I'll jump in. I think that I, I already predicted, I think on this show last week, I, I predicted the same thing. I'm not sure if he's going to attack Undertaker or if he's going to make himself known on the, the Titan Tron or, well, you know, or, con confront. It doesn't have to be yeah. a beat, a beat down, but you know, yeah, there will be a confrontation because yeah. I think that match is going to be held until WrestleMania if they at all can. Correct. Yeah. I, I don't know I, I, how I feel about that, but I, I, I'll tell you that I was really hoping my dark horse was going to be that Hogan comes back and re regains his uh, fucking W that he lost back way back when, when he put over Undertaker 30 years ago. But oh, I know that's not happening. Yeah, no, Hogan's 130. <laughs> you know, you froze for a second there. <laughs> you, you, you froze there for a second, and that was, and that was, that was the Lord telling you that you're ridiculous. Hogan. Wait, <laughs> Hogan is legitimately what sixty-eight? What is Hogan? I think is he's sixty-three or sixty-four. Oh, is, is he that? Okay, but I'm, I'm, when you say Hogan coming back, it reminds me of when uh, in the barber shop in uh, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> uh, 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 the Eddie Murphy movie, Coming to America. He goes Joe Lewis is one hundred and sixty-seven years old. That's like Hulk. Hulk Hogan is is. Just again, I just whatever he is, he's he's too old to come back. He's too injured, and I and I don't think they would use him in that in that spot. I mean, in a no, perfect they world, would. it would. It well, would he's happen. had one hundred and sixty-seven surgeries. I think that's, <laughs> that, that's maybe yeah. right. One hundred and sixty-seven flubs in uh, the court of public opinion of saying things that he shouldn't. I, but, yeah, that too. But, but I, I think. Mean, well, what's another one? What's another uh, one? I was just joking. Was the only acceptable option. 
I, I was just joking. You know what's funny? I want to bring this up too because this happened to drop today, and sure. it's funny because you guys are kind of like scratching on the surface of this with the carrying cross uh, thing. Um, is Retribution cut a bunch of promos this morning to kind of hype up the fact that Twitter now has stories, yeah. and one of them was Mia Yim is reckoning, cutting a promo as to why like she's pissed off with with the main roster. And she, she, she so eloquently puts it on the fans. She's like, I blame you guys. You guys, you guys told me you wanted to see me on the main roster and they don't got shit for me. So it's your fucking fault. And so to that point, right. Shouldn't the fans just chill out the, like chill the fuck out. Like let Karrion stay in NXT. Let all these other guys stay in NXT. Let, let, let everything simmer. Because yeah. I don't care know, what Jim said because her having Dana Brooke get off of me was worth everything. You know what? I when I close my eyes, I feel like Dana Brooks on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, good lord! Just hit yourself in the head <laughs> with two milk cartons, and you know, the real thing is there. Um, should we do Survivor Series predictions and and get out of here? Yeah, if let's do that. Who do you? Who do you uh, let's uh, let's let's hit the big stuff um, the the title match uh, the title matches let's start with uh, Lashley and Sami Zayn Kevin who do you think is going to win uh, there I'll go with Lashley he's just on a roll Sami Zayn is uh, to me not to be taken serious I, Lashley has just uh, uh, been on a roll I think he's almost uh, probably it's it, it's going to come to question why he's not getting a world title match. Uh, he's he's Lashley is is the big bruiser of the hurt business. He's not going down to uh, the Cuban assassin, uh, Sammy Zayn. Uh, that's that's like <laughs> Sammy Zayn reminds me of the Cuban assassin from Florida back in the day. He dresses like him. He looks just like him except he's got red hair, uh, and he's not Cuban. Um, I don't think I don't think the Cuban assassin was Cuban either. I think David Sierra might have been. Well, Cuban, you can right? call him the Syrian Hashashim. But me and my brother Draper were saying the same thing. It's like he's that's the Cuban assassin gimmick we saw in Florida, the same exact gimmick. Uh, just that that uh, he's from Canada. So he uh, I would say Lashley is gonna win because he's the, he's the guy in the hurt business. There's no question, he's the focal guy. So I'm gonna go Lashley all the way. Very good, Jeff. I'm gonna give you my dream fantasy sequence here, which probably won't happen because they've actually been pretty straight laced in uh pay-per-views. But I think because Apollo got rooked out of that match on on SmackDown. I think he interferes, helps Lashley win, and Apollo joins the Hurt Business like Bullet Club on more than one brand. Okay, now let's get real. That's probably not going to happen, but I said it, so if it happens, I'm a genius. But I I think Lashley either way. Yeah, Lashley's got all the momentum now. Sammy can lose. He's the chicken chick heel. There's no title on the line, so that's the man. Listen, uh, I've been a big uh, fan of uh, my man Smashley. I've been calling him Smashley ever since he put the pipe kayfabe-wise to Lana. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going for Smashley. Um, this tag team match, New Day or Street Profits? Uh, New Day or Street Profits. I like the matchup. I definitely like the matchup. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Street Profits because New uh, Street Profits need to get duped by New Day, get put over by them. New Day is certified. Uh, I think Street Profits are still proving ground to a big contingency of the fans. Uh, so I'm going to give it to the Street Profits just because they need it more than New Day. And it doesn't hurt the New Day to give them the win. Agreed, Jeff. The Malachi is positively nonplussed about this match. 
is he is absolutely crestfallen that the Hurt Business did not take those titles on Monday night. Very big disappointment. I'm still recovering from that. But what Kevin said, I agree. It, you know, the New Day put the profits over. It's it's there's no title on the line. The old guys giving the new guys the rub. It it makes sense. You think Big E interferes? No. Ah. No reason, no reason, to, no real reason to. They're not, they're not yeah. heels, they're not heels. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Big E has been really Jeff, weird, Jeff and I think heads. maybe, I think Big E needs to reevaluate what his character is because he's starting to seem a little bit like Joker Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> true. Is he dancing on the stairs? No, um, but he's just laughing maniacally for no reason for prolonged, <laughs> awkward periods of time in sweat. Um, they're nice sweaters. I wish I could. I, 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 know, I should hit him up on. You, sh you should hit him up on brother. Oh, absolutely. I would uh, trade fashion tips. Um, what is um? What's this next thing I'm looking at? Sasha versus Oscar. Uh, Sasha versus Oscar. That's a great matchup too. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sasha on this one. They can't. Sasha's just. It's too obvious that Sasha could eat the pen. So I think they go a different way. Oscar doesn't lose too often. So again, nothing on the line really except reputation, if you want to even call it that, because in a couple of weeks people will forget about it. So I'm going to go with Sasha because she needs it to certify herself as that she's not a paper champion. She tends to lose the belt very quickly. Everyone even makes the joke. Three weeks now, she's got the belt. Like, when's she going to lose it? And that's not a good rep to have, especially with Bailey having that long run. She needs to win more than Asuka. Asuka very rarely loses. It'll be a fuck finish. Someone will do something. Carmella will come out, and Asuka will get hit instead of uh, uh, Banks. And it'll be some sort of fuck finish with Asuka being on the losing end of that one. I'm going to give it to Sasha Banks. Jeff? Yeah, I have five words to you. Man-da-lor-ri-en. It's boss time. That's right. I agree. I think Sasha but, but wins. We do, but we do know one person. All of us know one person who will lose their shit if Oscar loses. Oscar will be buried. Yes. <laughs> we can say names. Yeah. Nicholas Winstead. And we'll prop his art. Great artist. Look at look, Nicholas Winstead art. Um, when I've been sponsored by him, great artwork. Uh, you know, you know, not over we my have team, him. but uh, mm -hmm. he'll go crazy if Oscar loses. But uh, everyone else will understand. It's just, it's just. Oh, is that the guy? That, that the guy upset last night because I made fun of Oscar? Oh yeah, you woke the dragon <laughs> because I compared it to Sloth from the Goonies and the way she acts. Okay, but yeah, because just Sloth, Oscar acting a fool, and I just think that bloom is off the rose, and it's time to get serious now. Are, are you, you know, what what are you doing here? Are you just to sell? And and and, I, and not for nothing, it's not endearing. I don't find it charming. I found it cutesy when she acted, a, you know, silly when Becky revealed she was pregnant. I thought it was Oscar out of character. Okay. But now just the, the the ranting and the silliness, and I don't think it's becoming of her. I, just, I, I don't think it's becoming the WWE asking her to act like that. I think it kind of demeans her character a little bit. I just I'm, – I'm tired of it. That's basically what I'm saying. But I don't dispute that she's one of the greatest. I saw I saw your tweet, and I, I, I meant to ask you about it mm -hmm. um, because I, 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 I fully understand where you're coming from. I just think that I like the, I like the character. I think – Asuka now has character because she acts in this goofy manner, but I wish they would sprinkle in more like when she turns it serious and like exactly. kicks somebody's head off. Like yeah. that's what I want more I agree. in between. Angry Asuka always works for me, but I agree. It's been a little bit too 
New Day comedy and not enough. Uh, exactly. Yeah, a lot of yuck yuck and 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 again, not she, enough kicking ass. Yeah, she's yeah. not kicking ass. And again, there, there comes a point where that's you got to make the switch. And I don't think she'll lose a step. I don't think. Oh, that's it. Put my Oscar shirt away. She's not dancing anymore. I don't think anybody's going to say that unless they are really, really targeting her to age seven to ten. And I don't think that that's because that's the ten-year-old would find Oscar acting like that funny. I can't see anybody else thinking that's funny. And I don't think it will be Carmella, even though she's been oh, doing it. Gosh, I think I think there will either not be a fuck finish, but if there is, I think yeah, I it's think, gonna be something big, Charlotte. I think it'll be I think oh, it'll be, be a Charlotte, clean pin. Yeah, it could be Charlotte, yeah. I think it'll be a clean pin because uh I mean Asuka beat Sasha for the title, so yes. she Sasha just needs her her win back and exactly, yeah. You know. One one and again in a couple of weeks people forget about it. There'll be royal, people will be in a Royal Rumble state of mind within two weeks. Exactly. Let's talk about these. Um, the what's it called? The Raw, the Raw, and versus SmackDown. Uh, let's start with the women's matches. The Survivor, the traditional Survivor Series matches. I know that the SmackDown uh, team is not yet complete, right. but knowing what you know, who do you think is winning? Uh what is it? Matt Riddle. I mean, I'm thinking of SmackDown. I'm trying to put the team in my let's, head. Let's start with the women. It's um, Lana, and that's okay. all you need to know because that's that's who's going to win, right? She's mm. going to be the sole survivor. Let's be real. Everyone's saying that, but I'm not on board with that. Oh, no? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know why they're pushing her. I don't get it, and I think her husband plays absolutely no role in that whatsoever either way. Uh, they could care less about him. He was their version of Nikolai Volkov. They don't care. Um I, I don't uh, – the Lana thing, she's not a natural babyface. I think Bruce Pritchard – listen, Vince Russo pushed the fuck out of Sable. He admitted that he favored her and gave her her career, and he got heat and shit for it and stuff. But uh, Sable is was over at least. You know, I was at those arenas when Sable came out, and everybody went fucking ape shit. Um, with this, uh, with Lana – and it has nothing to do with no, no crowd or COVID – uh, Lana, to me, I don't know how over she was because at one point during a six month period, they got them to cheer Lana number one because Rusev let a chant. That doesn't mean anything. That was like a year and a half ago. And, uh, those shirts never sold only the Rusev day shirts. The Lana merch doesn't sell again. I don't get what they're doing here. And, and, and that whole stigma of Bruce and Vince love the blondes. I guess that is true to a degree. I used to even question solo monster and guys like JD for, uh, yeah, you guys really believe that. But I start to look at it and I go, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe there is some perverse thing with Vince and Bruce Pritchard uh, when they got the book or when they, you know, obviously calling the shots at these blondes. Uh, but I would go with Mandy Rose over Lana. I don't get why Lana's that girl. Why isn't Mandy Rose that girl? I don't get why Lana's that girl. Um, so yeah, I, I, maybe she will listen. I know it's kind of like almost a telltale sign. There's a, uh, I think a dot mini doc coming up on Lana, right? Did you guys hear about what? that? Yes. Oh, I'm excited. I'm yeah. going to be watching it with my pants down. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a watch along. Oh my God. Well, again, now people, people, people said to me uh, the other day, Kev, there's not a telltale sign that she's winning the, the survivor says I'm like, not necessarily. No, because they did one on Ruby Rye and some other people who lost the night that they aired it. So don't think <laughs> that that's, a tell, that's true. Yeah, that's a, that's a, those. it's a telltale. It's not a, it's not a given that a doc is airing in a particular weekend that someone is wrestling. They can just still, that's like saying that they won't humiliate Jim Ross in Oklahoma. 
You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, remember WWE? Every chance they got, they did. So again, everyone's Absolutely. like, "Oh, ho hometown Texas Undertaker is not losing. Shawn Michaels isn't losing in Texas." I'm like, "That's that's in your head. That's actually not true if you go by the annals of history." So the fact that everyone thinks Lana is going to win, I think something else is going to happen there, and I don't. I think she'll win and then they'll take it away from her because someone wasn't exactly eliminated and then they have a match the next night and some schmas or whatever but i think there's lana is in the mix of a win but it's taken away from her because and here's my prediction maybe dave Meltzer is right i and again you're gonna think i'm crazy saying this but you're gonna see eva marie at the uh at the uh wow. uh, at the survivor series if only eva marie and melina came and and helped uh, don't be so don't be surprised i i'm telling you I'm, I'm a fucking genius if i predict this i have no intel i just have this feeling i've been watching eva marie on social media training and i think she is signed so you me my hyperventilation bag they're being very they're being very quiet about it. No, Melina, I don't believe is signed. I believe even Marie is signed. I believe Melina was bullshit. I don't think Melina was ever signed. I don't. I think that was just a rumor. But if Eva Marie comes out, I just I, I almost I, I talk about getting off on something. I get off on the fact of the flip out of my fellow podcasters are going to have strokes across the board. Oh my god! Because the hatred it. they have for her and Jeff knows. I, I am glad that non compete is binding on you because I don't <laughs> want this, I don't want this gold shared with anyone. Our eleven listeners are going to love it. They're going to love it. But again, I again, it's just. A feeling uh, I have, 000, I mean, and I've been following uh, uh, Natalie, even Marie, whatever she calls herself. I just have this feeling she's training extra hard because she's making an appearance. So that's just my opinion. Oh my god! Imagine the fucking internet wrestling community oh, when god. when oh fucking when fucking Lana is the sole survivor, and then fucking Ava Marie comes in. Like you'd be like, how? Crazy how? Who do you who do you Crazy. root for? Crazier yeah, things have happened. Yeah. I don't really care what happens. I don't even know who's on the SmackDown women's team. I think there's still a slot open. Bianca, yeah. Bianca Belair is the big name. Probably. Obviously, and I, and I, like Green I, like, I like Bianca. I like Bianca. I hope she's in the mix of the future of the company. I really like her, actually. I think uh, she's underutilized, and I think hopefully she'll finally get her due. And she, I think she's going to be the MVP of that match, but I have a feeling she'll get screwed and get tossed out. But I think she will be uh, one of the stars of that match. Yeah, I, they got to find I, a way to I get her out. And keep her keep her looking strong. Um, that's the trick. I think Naya plays a role in that, but uh, I wow. really need to see Lana. Uh, I've got so many bets with so many people, <laughs> just because I want to see them uh, flip the fuck out on on Monday morning. Uh, that's what. That's what. That's what I, 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 agree. I agree with Stephen. Lana is somehow going to get the win because she was knocked out and she's out of the the match for a bunch. And then they're going to pretend that there's a celebration. They're going to put on our shoulders, yay, Lana, yay, Lana. And then Nia's putting it right through that table again. And that is all I care about, that Lana goes through. But it's, isn't it interesting to you guys, if you you take the temperature of Twitter and social media of wrestling fans, it's, it's interesting. Lana's an interesting character because they're all outraged that she's paying this price that Vince hates Miro so much that they put it through a table. You hear some of the narrative, but then she sucks, but they want to see her get what she deserves, but she really doesn't deserve anything. Everyone's so flip floppy on her. It's really amazing. And they think that her husband plays the, into a role of this whole thing because they want it to be some AEW payback that of what they're doing with Lana. And I'm like, 
I think they're just getting what they can out of a $350,000 a year girl who does nothing. I think they're putting her in the ring and saying, listen, and listen, especially they just got rid of Zelina Vega. They're paying Lana almost half a million a year. That's a fact, by the way. She has to have more value than just doing backstage segments. What's the point of paying her that kind of salary? So again, yeah, I the hammer lock hangover. We channel our inner and outer Brock Lesnar. <laughs> we don't give a shit about those Twitters. Oh, you don't care about the Twitters? But no, but if you you don't have to care. But when you see the people who are outraged, but the same people are saying she doesn't deserve to be punished for her husband, but then they're saying she sucks. It's like, well, don't you kind of think that she, you know, is earning her money in the ring? And not for it's nothing. It's the highest rated segment every week on Raw. It's part of the gig, though. It's part of her making her money. Isn't there some sort of... Uh, pride in earning your money i mean pe people uh, amaze me that they uh, you know people are sitting home doing nothing and catering okay but they're making a good salary oh but they're not happy how do you know they're not happy i've been happy in 38 years no one cares about me but i'm just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny when people fans are concerned about the happiness of wrestlers but not their own family or friends it's amazing to me oh i, as long, oh I hope lana's i hope lana's happy i'm like what do it, you care it is uh, it is so ridiculous kevin and you know what I, I i will say this and going back to why i think she's pushed like they've given her a shit like they gave her the fucking cuck angle and she yeah. fucking went with it they gave her you're gonna cheat on your husband with uh lashley you're gonna marry Lashley. You're gonna fucking lose Lashley, and she fucking rolled with all of it. She's like, "Give me more. Give me, give that me the most perk. fucking absurd shit." That was a punishment. That was a perk <laughs> to sleep with Lashley. Was a perk. And, oh my god! Like a pizza party every day. What's wrong? Move on to the next match. Right. And so, just just to close up, just to close up, like I feel like that that's the reward. Like, and she's a trooper. Like, this goes this back to my like. I, I can't find than this review. I can't stand. <laughs> Um, the fact that Ambrose Moxley shits all over. I got bad creative. I got bad creative. There's people that get bad creative and turn right. it into fucking gold, right? You know, sure. fucking Mick put over a fucking dirty sock. Yep. Fucking uh, this guy Santino. Dusty Rhodes put over the same thing. Yeah. There you go. And so Lana uh, is given a bunch of fucking lemons and then made lemonade. And I think it's time to reward her. I, it's I, I would have in sports entertainment next I, match. I would have <laughs> fucking, Kevin, I would have fucking loved it if she fucking won this goddamn title. Next match. Awesome because everybody would have shit the fuck. She could still, she could still win. So we'll see. What I, wa I want it to happen. I want to, I want to see this fucking place on fire. All right, Jeff. All right. Let's talk about this men's uh, Survivor Series. I think uh, they're putting Jeff to bed at the old age home, so he wants to hurry up. <laughs> yeah. I took my medicine. <laughs> nurse, nurse, nurse Ratchet is coming. I go to bed at six. I go to bed at six a.m. So I sound like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Good. <laughs> so um, this men's match, um, big powerhouse Raw team versus I don't even. I think Kevin Owens and Corbin are on the SmackDown team. Don't give us the teams. Just give your prediction. <laughs> Go ahead. Jeff, Jeff really wants to go home. Go so, ahead, Kev. Uh, what, who was it? Corbin? Um, who's on the... Uh, who's on the uh, Jay Uso. Right. Uh, probably someone else that I can't think of right now. And the fifth the, the fifth spot isn't filled. Okay. Well, you got Matt Riddle and you got... Um... No, Matt Riddle's on Raw, man. Oh, no. Well, yeah, he's on the Raw team. No, I'm talking about everyone who's involved in the match. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Riddle, Lee... 
Braun, Styles, Jameis, and AJ and his Giants. AJ and the Giant, yes, his Giants. Shaq so we, too. We got J K O. Uh, I think uh, Matt. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it quick, quick and dry. Uh, Matt Riddle. Oh, Seth Rollins. Matt, 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 Matt Riddle's gonna uh, win the uh, the whole thing. Matt Riddle. Wow. It's my right. my opinion because I think he needs to be. Uh, it, it's funny they stopped and started with him. I think they were a little hesitant. People thought naming him Riddle was a, was a downgrade. It, they did it for you know intellectual property kind of uh, reasons more than anything else. Um, and it's nothing to do with tournament to the Riddler. That's I, I get embarrassed. I'm in the podcast community sometimes, but uh, Matt Riddle is going to get the big push. I think uh, this is going to be him, and he's going to have a Survivor Series win. So Riddle all the way. I don't see anybody else. No one else needs it. Riddle needs it. Again, I go back to who needs it. Matt Riddle. Disagree. Jeff. I, I don't think they've been doing all this dissension for Team Raw to win. Something's going to happen with a bunch of those guys. But the other reason I think about it is because somebody does need the win, and that's Jey Uso for the for the tribe. I don't think yeah. Jey Uso comes out of that match with a loss. You could look at it that way, too. Yeah, it could be looked at both ways. I don't disagree with that scenario. That would be a, a secondary scenario for me, but that's that's good. I like that. Not bad for a rookie. Not bad at all for a rookie. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I think I think uh, Team SmackDown wins only because uh, I really am banking on the women's Raw team to win. Um, finally, let's talk about the 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 big uh, uh, breast meats match. Breast meats versus breast meats, as Biggie would say. It, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief. Who do you think is winning? Uh, hmm. I, I don't. Th I, again, uh, that's the one match where it, it doesn't behoove anybody to want to lose or put the other over reigns just reigns cannot be pinned absolutely not do not do that drew it's got to be a fucked finish with the interference of the Rus uh the the russos like they're italian uh the usos <laughs> i turned them into an italian family the usos uh it's got to be some sort of jump jump and destroy thing on drew sheamus comes down to help drew uh that's what i'm seeing here i see a uh, sheamus Coming to help his best friend. Eventually, they'll have a falling out too. But uh, help, coming to help his best buddy because they're all there for Survivor Series. So, uh, Usos come, jump Drew, uh, at preventing a pin, and that's a big schmaz as we call it. And uh, Sheamus comes out in a big battle ensues between all those guys. Uh, so, I think just uh, it's a draw, double count out, double DQ. But nobody gets eats the pin. I, they, neither can afford it. Neither, that's the only match that that my philosophy of everything else of who needs it and who can. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal for those two. Fuck finish double DQ. Jeff? Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. I, I don't think there'll be a, a clean win. I don't think it's going to be the Usos for the following reason. I saw on Twitter today. It just popped up. I don't follow it, but Trinity Fatu Naomi had a post, and she looked really bad, and she said, just another day in quarantine. So chances are she's in quarantine. Her husband is also. So I'm guessing that unless he's been out of the house for a long time, that Could he come out. And I don't think he's scheduled to be healthy again to wrestle until January anyway. So I, I don't rule that out entirely, but I don't think – for a couple of reasons, I don't think so. I could totally see – the Miz with the botch cash in and Sheamus does something to interfere and it backfires. I also think that there's a likelihood that Sheamus says, I've been recruiting you. I've been reminiscing. I got you these sweet gifts and still you won't be my partner, you dick. And it looks like he's going to help him. They just bro kicks him. And that's how Roman wins. And that's a good one too. That's seems, that seems very WWE. But you already heard my fantasy is that Brock Lesnar comes back 
uh, and then interferes, takes them all out, and we're not sure whose side Heyman is on. Brock is a babyface? Don't know. Takes them all out, and we don't know if Heyman still rep represents him. He just does it. You know, Heyman looks at him, doesn't know. He smiles, but Brock doesn't smile back at him. And and we just don't know, and that's how it goes. Up. Then we see but, the copyright symbol. So, what do you think if uh, if that was to happen? You guys envision a a, uh, a three way match, or not Reigns versus Lesnar again at WrestleMania, right? You know, do you see? I that? don't think they think no, that. I don't. Think so. Yeah, I I honestly see. Uh, I don't see Brock getting involved here, but I do see Sheamus getting involved, and I do see Sheamus costing uh, Drew the match, and then Sheamus is going to say, "Hey, listen, you won that belt because of me." Let's be real. I, I can see that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, especially since, let's be honest, it's pretty clear as day. Sheamus is very much a heel and Drew is very much a baby face. And we know that cannot stay. Uh, they can't stay buddies too long in that aspect. So it's something. Yeah, which be. is a shame. I, I like I like their camaraderie. So do I. I mean, yeah. you give somebody a sword, you know, you know that that means a lot, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, whenever Seamus is calm and gracious in the back, it usually means that inside he's seething. Yes, yes. That's true. Very good. I think that covers uh, all the Survivor Series, and I think that covers pretty much all of our show for tonight um, or this week. Um, Kev, thank you very much for uh, joining us this week. It's uh, been a great time talking to you for the last uh, hour and 55 minutes. Um I was going to make. Uh, I was milking it to make it a solid two hours, so you could say a two. Well, hour. You, you still. Can. Oh, we still. We still. <laughs> we, we still got plugs to go through, so we'll get there. Don't worry, um, but, Kev. Where uh, tell our audience uh, and mostly, hopefully, your audience, if they tuned in to uh, to our oh, show, where can they find you? Well, I'm on Twitter, uh, Kev Z, as in Zorro Castle. Don't ask me why I put the Z just to separate myself because there's so many freaking Kev Castles. By the way, it was pretty weird. Uh, so it's Kev Z Castle on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, too, under my real name, which is Scandato. Uh, if you know my brother, John Draper, same name. My brothers, shoot brothers in real life. Uh, right now, I'm only on um, Patreon, uh, closing out the year, because, like I said, me and DT split about two months ago. Uh, and I had plans for down the road. I wasn't doing anything immediate. I know I wasn't doing anything immediate. But in the new year, I'm going to be doing some several new shows. I'm going to be doing a pop culture show with a new female co-host on the mainstream. Uh, what's going to cover 80s and 90s and movies and everything. Nothing to do with wrestling. It's going to be completely pop culture, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going to be doing some other wrestling projects with some notable guys in the scene. Uh, some guys you may know, some guys you may not. So I'm kind of, was kind of mulling over stuff. The pop culture thing is a go for February, but the other stuff I'm mulling over, seeing what my next move is, because Jeff knows at 52, our times are limited on this earth. So I want to be happy and, uh, you know, content with my next project and, uh, you know, do it for the – I'm a long-haul guy uh, even from the clubs to DTKC, which I was part of for 13 years, uh, I'm in for the long run. I don't, I don't do short stints. I, I, I like to do the long ride and have something build foundations. So that's what I'm looking to do in the new year with some new uh, podcasts. I'm always open to even suggestions and offers and stuff. And I said, I'm an open-minded guy. That's why I love coming on podcasts. I love interacting with everybody. And, uh, you know, it's really enjoyable for me because that's what, you know, you build bridges in this business. You don't burn them. I, you know, just like in the club business, build, don't burn, and uh, you'll have a, a much nicer existence in this community of ours. Because as you know, guys, sometimes it could be a little bit of a rough ride with certain people. Well, you still have some shows on the uh, on the that platform. You got the 
Castle Chronicles. Well, I got the Castle Chronicles. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to be like I'm selling a paywall, but right now, um, uh, for Patreon, I'm still on, uh, and I'll continue to be on there as long as you know we enjoy it and there's the camaraderie that we still have. Um, I do Castle Chronicles, which is a solo show which covers wrestling and life topics in general, and I do another show called KNT Chronicles with a female co-host, uh, Trez. Uh, my friend Mary, who's one of my good friends in real life, I you know know her in regular everyday life, not just in uh, you know social media. So that's why we have a real good camaraderie together. And uh, I do that every Thursday. That's on Thursday, and you can find that on the Don Tony Kevin Castle Patreon. It's on the Don Tony. Go to Patreon, punch in Don Tony Kevin Castle. You'll find it. As little as uh, two dollars, uh, you could sign up and and hear me there. That's where I am for now. But in the and I'll continue to be on there even when I'm back in the mainstream. But I'm going to be doing a lot of different things. And quite honestly, if the club business doesn't come back, you might be totally sick of me by uh, next April. So oh, well, <laughs> you don't worry. But um, are, are, aren't you also doing a couple Tuesday night shows with Don Tony? Uh, the one you guys did last week, I believe it was. The three, the three of you together were great. We we had a show because um, again, you know, people want to see, and, and and I'm again open minded guy. I have it's it's again not putting on anybody. It's not on me. Anybody wants to see me team up with Demish or DT, I'm down all the time. I'm never a problem. Uh, so we people asked for us a show to have together. We had one. Uh, the three of us, it went great. It was all political. I know, Jeff, you had some things that you didn't agree with, but we won't get into that now, as certain people said, um, about politics. Uh, we all had our take on Trump and Biden, and it was a great discussion. And we we have a great – it's like anything else. It's like even if you aren't feeling each other in real life, maybe – and I'm not talking about Mish. I'm talking about me and DT. It's no secret. We don't get along exactly probably the way we should. I think it's probably two passionate, overly passionate Italians who won't both want to be in charge. Like in the Warriors, like when I want to be Warlord, I'm Ajax and he's like the other guy. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, you're the he, Warlord. He's the Barbarian. He, uh, he again. Um, but I always respected the fact that he started it. Uh, he gave me my break in podcasting, and uh, I always. But but again, that gets to a point of that's fine, but. After years and years and years, you fly on your own and you work on your, off your own rep and what you bring to the table and stuff like that. Um, so again, he wanted to do his own thing, and, and that's great. And I want to do my own thing, and maybe for. And then the great thing about stuff like that is the when you can reunite and people are into it because everyone really liked that show and everybody was giving us high marks on it. So it's nice to know that people are like, oh, I don't want to see these guys together. They want to see us together. But again, it's up to both parties. Hey, you want me to come on? I'll come on. You want me to come on? It's fine. Um, he's got so much going on too. And so does Mish. So when we get together, I think it's going to be for special occasions. And I think what we're going to do from what me and Anthony talked about, Don Tony, uh, we're going to do like once a month, a Q and a thing with me and him and maybe Mish involved, take questions from the fans on Patreon, ask us, ask us anything type of episodes, which are always fun. So I think we're going to start incorporating that to Patreon once a month, give a little more bang for the buck on Patreon. Uh, like I said, for $2 though, I think it, it's, we give you as much as we can. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting back in the mainstream because, as you know, Jeff, and you probably know Steve, you know, when you're on something like that, as much as, you know, it's reasonable to pay $2 a month, you know, a lot of people in the mainstream are waiting to hear a free show and listen to you in that format. And when you take yourself out of that, uh, it, it, you lose – you don't lose fans, but you have fans waiting for you to come back so they can tune in because maybe – you know, I, and I don't even dis dismiss this, that people don't have disposable income now and they don't, some people literally can't part with two or $5. I, I get it. So again, so people keep asking me, 
dude, can you please just do one show in the mainstream? I'm doing that in the new year. So people will get to hear me. Uh, they'll, they'll be more than sick of me by spring. So there you go. Kevin, just, you know, we don't want to get in between anything, but I will tell you that that's when you guys were together, three of you, it was great. It was great to hear you all together oh, yeah. and, and never try to, you know, if, if anything is reparable in any way, shape or form, do not diminish a great solid brand because you guys have a brand. That's all I'm going to say on that, that subject. Politics aside, listen, I would not interact with the podcast unless I was interested and invested in what you guys were talking about. So right. that's, success you know apathy is the enemy so i steven why don't you do you want to take us out of or should, or do you do i wait do i do my, <laughs> right I, 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 all right my plugs exactly. are hangover uh occasionally i'm on unpopular review the nxt aew review show though apparently i've been uh on hiatus in my second week <laughs> but i'd be on a survivor series prediction show uh which you've already basically heard tonight uh, my uh, other podcast is called Garden of Doom, also free. Do it with uh, Shaheen. So plug Nuclear Heat Graphics. He is a wonderful wrestling artist. He's doing horror work and other stuff too. So great art, artwork, commissions. Um, so we talked about Nicholas Winstead Art. Free, free plug. Another plug for Shaheen, uh, who is the uh, you know my co-host on that show. And it's a variety show, but we talk we talk about a lot of abnormal stuff. Kev's been on the show. We talked. We, we did a deep dive into Bigfoot. But we also cover, you know, real news and current events and pop culture and real science and fringe science. So one week we might have a aerospace engineer on. The next week we might have the guys from the Inhuman Experience or just me giving a lecture on the, on the history of Halloween. So check that out. I'm on Twitter, Icarus Fell MD. That's it, Steve. Take us out of here. Very good. And I am uh, Steve. You can find me on Twitter at Big Daddy Cool. That is at Big Daddy Cool. Um, no numbers, no extra stuff, just at Big Daddy Cool. I got ahead of uh, Kevin Nash and secured that uh, login, so uh, that handle. So nice. I'm very happy about it. Um, and so uh, you can also find me on Unpopular Review. That's a uh, wrestling and entertainment review podcast that we do on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can search us on YouTube or on Facebook at Unpopular Review. Um, and you can listen to me here, Hammerlock Hangover. Uh, we now have a Facebook page. Please make sure you search for that. Follow us on Facebook. And we have a uh, Twitter account. We just opened that up this week. Please make sure you follow us at Hammerlock H. Um, apparently, ha ha at Hammerlock Hangover is way too many uh, characters for uh, Twitter a Twitter handle. So we'll mm -hmm. figure out that. But we'll, you know, if you search for Hammerlock Hangover, you'll see us and our logo pop up. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, Kev, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure, man. I hope you come on uh, again sometime in the near future. Sure. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Steve. I had a great time. It was a time flies when you're having fun. I'll come back anytime. You'll you'll have me. No problem. It extends your non-compete, you know. It starts over. I will. Exactly. Starts what starts now, right? Because it's, uh, well, it starts at midnight. Yeah, come on the next time, then there's another 90 days. <laughs> That's right. I can't. Jeff's a certified lawyer, so yeah, and a, you're a certified and a, exactly and, a certifi right. and a certified G. So I can't do. I can't mess with him. A certified so, yeah. G. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say cer certified uh, inmate, but uh, that's another thing. Anyways, guys, thanks. I have all the certifications. I have. I have none, but I outlaw it all the time, and it works for me. So there, there you go. go.
Thanks, guys. Very, Peace. Very good, guys. Thank you very much for listening to uh, Hammerlock Hangover, episode five. Thanks a lot, guys, and uh, peace. Peace. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Hammerlock Hangover podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate us as if you were Okada in the Tokyo Dome and leave us seven stars or as many likes as you can. Please share our awesome podcast with all your friends and family who enjoy wrestling and your favorite social media outlet. If you want to interact with us, you can find Hammerlock Hangover on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to catch you on the next episode.